0: Up
1: this program to bring you a special report. We are not a robot. I love the sound. I think it's like Optimus Prime. I don't know. I'm I'm just a Transformers geek. Hello, humans. It's Rob here with Not a Robot podcast, DC Comics review show number 87, the world's greatest comics show about the world's greatest superheroes. And with me,
2: as always, is Brandon. Hello, everybody. I'm back from vacation,
0: and also sick. <laughs> and what a way drunk. to end a vacation. Look, yeah. up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. Well, I don't know what the hell it is, but it's not a robot.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's... Well,
1: damn, what the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. Ah, there you go. Oh, man so if you ever want to get in touch with us you can send an email to comics at notarobotpodcast.com and you can get us on twitter too at notarobotcomics and if you feel like supporting us you can visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash narpodcast for very little a month and we also have our very own discord server all of us here at Not a Robot are online and ready to chat and with some support you can find your way into the server to talk all things geek and with us and other fans keep an eye on twitter for more info Uh, so for today's books we're looking at rogues number one trial of the amazon's wonder girl number one action comics 1041 detective comics 1058 task force zombie number six goblin (laughs) number 12 deathstroke inc number seven teen titans academy number 13 and that is actually the end of the list but before we get into that Let's get into some news. What's uh, what's been going on, guys? What's new?
0: Well, Brandon's been sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I've uh, been super not... busy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not not too much. Um yeah, just uh, a little bit of a seasonal cold going around, so everyone's getting sick. So I'm not alone in that at least. Um good to be back from vacation. Uh the stress of trying to do 15 things at once was definitely weighing me down, so having a chance to just kind of relax for a week was was really nice um and and also actually kind of nice to just sit back and and listen to you guys talk and and uh steer the ship without me um not that you ever needed to but it was just kind of nice um listening um to you guys chat about all things dc um last week so i gotta say I, i really enjoyed that um but other than that not not too much uh in my neck of the woods
0: Sounds like Brandon is moving from Barry to Wally last week with the whole, I can't handle anymore. I just need a nap. Yeah, I need a break.
2: So I I went to Sanctuary. I didn't kill anybody. Um, I came very close.
0: Uh, (laughs) Um, That is not a reboot we need.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But what's funny, I I, because you you got, especially you, Josh, You, you always say, like, oh, he's just like Barry Allen. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's funny. Um, but I, I was, I was on the path yesterday walking to, I think a class or something. Um, and it's like, it's this class that is, is early in the morning for me and I'm consistently late. And I think I just, it's, it's weird that you have those moments where someone will say something to you repeatedly and then it finally just like sinks in. Um, and so I'm, I'm walking to class and I'm like, you know, maybe five minutes late at this point And I'm like, Oh my God. I really am Barry Allen. I mean, I'm late every single time, <laughs> like without fail. <laughs> uh, the only thing is, like, I don't even have an excuse is my problem. Like, I I can't be like, oh, I was you know fighting samuroids or something. I'm just I'm just late. Samuroids. Chronically late. <laughs> I, I I wish I had super speed or other, you know, superhero excuses I could I could use, but I don't. But I, I had that moment like last week, and I was like, "Oh my God, I I really am like that." Jesus,
0: are you good? Well, for a answer? guy that does twenty hours of stuff in about twelve hours a day, <laughs> that that you know that's that's slightly superhuman to begin with, my man. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's uh, it's a lot, but it was like I said, it was nice to have that vacation, and it was nice to uh, to listen to you guys talk. Um, and it was kind of weird because there's definitely a lot of stuff that. Uh, you know, I'm listening and I'm like, ah, oh, I wish I could have jumped in here and, you know, said something, but uh, but I can't. It's already recorded. It's already in the past, but um, it was it was a lot of fun to listen to you guys. And uh, special thanks again, if you're listening, uh, to Nathan for stepping in. Really appreciate it, man. It sounds like you had a, a good deal of fun on the show. Um, and Nathan, if you're unaware, has kind of sort of, um, I, I wouldn't say joined, but is... is having a more active role in the Not A Robot stuff, which is really nice, Um, doing some really cool summaries and recaps on the Substack, which you should all subscribe to, um, that have been really nice to listen to. So thanks again, Nathan, for just kind of doing your stuff on the network. We really appreciate it. And thanks for stepping in for me last week when I was just totally burned out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad Nathan's around. He's a—he's uh, getting a lot of fanfare on the Twitter account. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: It's, he's got a lot going on, so it's good uh, to highlight it and show it off.
0: The dude knows yes, sir. Tough. He does. He, he's,
1: he's, we've got another library on our hands.
0: Nothing wrong with that. I'll be more than happy to handle <laughs> yeah. that all the time. It's a good problem to have. I think yeah, you had a complaint this week, Rob.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's just... I, I feel weird calling it a complaint. I'm just like, ah, oh, come on. Uh, CW has announced their first batch of shows that they renewed for the next season, which is really weird timing. It's March. They should have done it a couple of months ago, but here we are. They, this <laughs> is the first wave they've renewed. And amongst that was not legends of tomorrow or batwoman which uh, from what i understand i haven't watched batwoman since season one but from what i understand a lot of people are kind of like surprised uh legends i'm deeply surprised that hasn't been renewed but we'll see Uh, it wouldn't be the first time it got renewed in the second wave but the flash got renewed for season friggin nine and i'm just like why why (laughs) let let it die i guess
2: i've yet to meet them it's, it, it is, the show, the show is much like the Flash itself, in that it cannot die. How many times have we seen a Flash die only to come back through Speed Force shenanigans? That's so, some, I guess it's true to form. Sometimes it takes
0: 20 years for it to happen, <laughs> but.
1: Yeah. yeah. If it goes to 20 it, seasons, I'm, I'm, oh my god. My I don't know how, why? Uh, why? <sighs> I don't know. I, I've given up on the show three times, <laughs> and I keep getting pulled back in by people I know, so we'll see. I don't know. Maybe it's getting better.
0: <laughs> Anyways, as far as comic book news that I've got goes, there's just a few things. Um, are you guys familiar with Humanoids by any chance, the publisher? I am. They are releasing a graphic novel to raise funds for Newc- for Ukraine. It's called Makhno, Ukrainian Freedom Fighter. And the sales are going to get donated to the proceeds from the sales are going to get donated to the to to support the people of Ukraine, which I thought was pretty neat. yeah, so it's there's awesome. that right. Um, there's also a piece of news where I'm not sure how I feel about it. Maybe I, I have a feeling you guys will be more favorable about this than me, but apparently, Paul Dano, who plays the Riddler in the new oh. the Batman movie is going to be uh, writing a new uh, series on Riddler Riddler year one which is going to be an origin story for him oh that's cool and I it's assume it's set in the Reeves well. so
2: yeah that that could be cool I mean you know yeah I, I I don't know of his writing ability but you know I mean I assume he probably had to get very heavily into character um, based on his performance in the movie. So, you know, it could be interesting.
0: It's, it is it is going to be a little different. It's it's going to be a Black Label book, a uh, six-issue bi-monthly. Um, it's going to be illustrated by uh, Supic, Supik, uh, who is making his DC debut with this. And it explores the background of how accountant Edward Nashton went from a simple Gotham City nobody to becoming Batman's nemesis. So, yeah, basically the origin story of the Riddler from Matt Reeves' universe. Okay. Well, maybe a good one. Cool. I would yeah. a, a Riddler year one story would have been awesome if it would have been, you know, like the main continuity deal. That, that would have been cool to have a revamp of that. But we'll see how this goes. Black Label Book, I tend to like them. So we'll see and where I'd Baldano like gets, goes with this.
2: Sounds like it, uh, it might be one. interesting
1: in current continuity like depending on how you look at it, it could be zero year if that even still counts with current continuity that they've reset the universe like twice since new 52 days
0: right yeah uh, i don't it's even it's like know. you have to pick and choose what might work from new 52 and what doesn't
2: yeah yeah <laughs> actually that's that's a funny way to segue into some news that i nearly forgot um that I'll, I'll bring up here which is A teaser image that uh, Joshua Williamson apparently tweeted from the first or sorry, not the first issue, but the zero issue for Dark Crisis um, by Jim Chung, not colored, just the inks and pencils at this moment. Um, But one that definitely had me a little confused, um, which uh, appears to be at least from what we have from the image. Um, flashbacks to both the Silver Age origin of the Justice League as well as the New 52 origin of the Justice League existing simultaneously. That's I cool. I don't know how that makes sense, um, but I guess it's there. Um, again, the image looks like it's some kind of tour. I would probably guess through the Hall of Justice or something like that. Um, but again, the 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 key focus here is on um the original origin of the, you know, uh Silver Age Justice League as well as the updated origin from the New 52 um, you know, somehow existing side by side. Um so it'll be interesting to see how they iron out that continuity as having two, you know, um completely different origins existing in the same timeline. I don't know how that makes sense,
0: but um I guess we'll see, or we won't. One yeah. of the two. It's fifty-fifty with him, yeah. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. Where did you
2: see? Was that on Twitter? Uh, well, I saw it first on the DC Comics subreddit. Um, someone had pulled uh-huh. it from, uh, josh Joshua Williamson's, um, Twitter. Um. <clears throat>
0: now Brandon doesn't get on Twitter. He's allergic to it. Blue birds no, make him sneeze. Uh,
2: yeah, it it
0: makes <laughs> me ill. Which is weird that he's such a Harper-Row fan.
2: I know, I know. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, I Like I said, I, I prefer my bluebirds in Gotham, not on the internet.
0: Um, well, speaking of Gotham birds, apparently there is a variant cover for Batman Urban Legends number 16 out. And um, apparently the Birds of Prey are back with an all-new roster. It's looking like it's going to consist of Lady Shiva, Miracle Molly, Katana, and Ghost. That's different.
1: That is Mm. very different.
0: I never would have thought I would have seen those four together. But of course, I mean, it is Batman Urban Legends, which almost seems to go in and out of continuity. So we'll see what happens with it, but... Uh, it's an interesting team and I'm kind of excited to see what happens with it so I'll be picking that up for sure
2: yeah, yeah. well Shiva makes sense given her history with um, Dinah uh, Black Canary um, but Miracle Molly Ghost who I think was in the no I know was in the uh, <clears throat> the um, uh, Legends of the Dark Knight um, digital first series um, from mm-hmm. a little while ago and then um, sorry. What was the other one you said?
0: Miracle Molly and Katana.
2: Miracle Molly. Oh, and Katana. Yeah, Katana. I don't think has ever been on the Birds of Prey. At least not from, you know, anything that I can remember. But Shiva, I assume, is probably you know kind trying to form her own Birds of Prey, inspired by her, uh, let's call them frenemy, frenemies, uh, her yeah, frenemy, that's a good way uh, Black it. Canary. Yeah.
0: Okay, so there's that and then there's two more pieces, one stepping outside of DC news and actual comic news in general. But uh the very first issue of Marvel Comics just was sold at an auction, 1939's Marvel Comics number 1, the company's very first comic, sold for just over 2 million dollars. <laughs> Yeah, no wow. surprise there. Would oh man, been, I uh, wish I had two million dollars to throw down on a comic book.
2: Jesus, yeah. yeah. Um let alone the first The buyer is anonymous, but I think Comics. it was Jeff Bezos. Yeah, that
0: <laughs> would make me very sad. Um It would make me sad too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that really reminds
0: me. There was a couple of weeks ago <laughs> I saw There's
2: a oh wait a minute. I just I just thought about this. Um have you guys seen Venture Bros?
0: Oh god, oh, yeah. Not it's English. been a while, but yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> There's um I forget if it's the episode of or the first episode of season four or season three where um I'm just gonna go on a tangent for a second, but twenty one has a copy of Marvel Comics number one that he sells. Um 'cause he's uh, it's it's a long story, but just thinking about that issue reminded me of a of a very funny episode of Venture Bros, if you if you've ever seen it. So for, for anyone who's listening that is familiar with it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um but that that just made me laugh.
0: I don't remember that one. I haven't seen every episode though. Not by not by a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah,
2: no. It's uh it's it's a good one. And... I gotta check that one out again.
0: Then we have a a new almost master course type offering that's going to be coming out, um, looking to build a better world through writing, sharing their wealth of knowledge for, through an online course. Is Alan Moore? What Alan Moore see? is going to be teaching a writing class. Hmm. Interesting looking forward to seeing what that is. Like I said, uh I don't know if you heard me or not, but I think he's psychedelic in a bottle. And yeah. Um, yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what he's got out there. He he says that anybody yeah. can write. Uh it's not some di- divine calling, so he wants to teach people that 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 is possible. <laughs> we'll see but that that's 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 all i've got for uh that's all i've got for for comic news so you guys want to move on over to the books yeah i think
2: uh unless uh brandon you got anything else
0: um
2: i mean nothing major really just um the solicits came out last week i don't I think you guys have talked about that. Um, I won't go into detail on them here. Um, you can check out the sub stack for the in detail breakdown of
0: yeah.
2: all the solicitations. There's a lot of news there. Some interesting, some less so. Um, uh, uh, I totally blanked on what I was going to say. Oh, um, um, uh, wait, no, now it's gone um oh damn i'm sorry yeah oh. <laughs> um yeah um hey oh oh happen? the uh my 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 um my 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 personal stuff um me you know uh tooting my own horn a little bit um i'm starting right i guess i should say not a robot is starting but uh, i'll be writing a new um indie comics focused substack newsletter um, that is exactly, uh, what it sounds like, um, just, you know, kind of, as some of you may or may not know, there was an indie comics podcast, I guess technically there still is, um, but me and the other co-hosts just couldn't really figure out the timing for it, and it just kind of became untenable after a point, so, um, we just couldn't really keep it up, um, but I really miss talking about them, and, the good people at various different publishers, Image and Dark Horse in particular, had sent us some really great books, and I missed talking about them. Um, and as nice as it is to give a, a shout-out here and there on you know, the DC or Marvel shows, I felt like I didn't really get a chance to go in detail on them, or just cover them like I wanted to. So um, I, I was inspired by the new Substack newsletter that we're doing, as well as our, our good friend Nathan, um, who's you know, contributing a lot to that substack to start the Indie Corner, which is going to be the new um, newsletter, like I said. Um, And that'll just kind of focus on, you know, all the good indie books that um, I get a chance to read of the ones that um, publishers send to us, as well as other ones that I, you know, check out um, and uh, some personal reading. And I just felt like it would be a good chance to just talk about all the really great independent and creator-owned books that are out there that um definitely deserve some attention um and uh i'm you know doing a couple things that i've never really done before like recommendations and talking about personal reading so it's, it's all very new and strange to me but i'm gonna do my best to try and keep it interesting and engaging and you know put as much of my personality into it as i can and uh you know try and make it something that uh really gives the spotlight to some cool creator owned stuff so um i hope anyone who's listening and you know likes reading books outside of the superhero world has a chance to check them out um so yeah
1: yeah just looking forward to that there's a lot of great indie books out there that really need more spotlight shown
0: on them definitely Absolutely. definitely um so Absolutely. I'm hoping capes that, uh, and otherwise
2: yeah i'm hoping that I, I get a chance to to do all of that um and and of course keep my uh, opinion as honest as i can um all right that's all i got
1: all right um yeah let's let's uh, jump into some books on Starting our spotlight round, we have two books, and first off is Rogues Number One, and Mr. Brandon Chandler is going to tell us all about
2: that one. Oh, geez, full name and everything. Um, <laughs> yes, this is uh kind of a strange one. Uh, Rogues Number One, um, brought to us by the um not self-described, but I'll say book-described master storyteller Joshua Williamson. Um, with art from also master storyteller, uh, I knew. I, I sent that <laughs> sent that blurb to Josh a couple days ago because it made me laugh because I thought of him and how he would react to a description like that. Um, I but completely anyway, yeah, ignored from, it. <laughs> uh, yeah, from uh, yes, from master storyteller Joshua Williamson as well as master storyteller um, Leomix, who I had heard of before on Basket Full of Heads. One of the Hill House books that had come out a little while ago um, but I, one that I, I didn't check out because I was kind of you know, I, I think I was still kind of sour about Vertigo so I was like I'm not touching any of this stuff which is a shame because I wish I had. Um, but anyway <clears throat> with uh, colors from Macus Lopez and letters from Hassan Atzmain Elahu Elhow I'm so sorry if I butchered your name, um, Hassan. You're uh, you're a great guy over at Strip Panel Naked, and I love your videos. But I'm I'm sorry. I feel like I butchered your name. Anyway, um, yeah, Rogues Number One is uh, kind of a strange one. Um, definitely a little different from some of the black label books that I've uh, read before, in that it. Um, it, uh, it, it feels very much like a DC book, but in a lot of ways it does kind of feel very much like, a, I don't know, an independent book. It's sort of a classic heist story that involves the, um, the rogues uh, about ten years down the line um, with a plot to steal a bunch of gold from Gorilla Grodd and Gorilla City. Um, but this issue is largely serves as a, a reintroduction to the rogues 10 years later, as they're all kind of living various different lives, having given up uh, their villainous ways. Uh, the focus, I would say, really starts on Len Snark, Captain Cold, who um, I assume at this point is, you know, probably some fresh out of prison or something like that, as he has a parole officer and everything, and is working kind of a. Uh, blue collar job at a factory in central city and his coworkers don't take him seriously anymore. So he's thinking it's it's time to get back into the game and get the gang back together for one last heist, um, uh, to steal the gold from gorilla Grodd. Um, but it's fun. Uh, or at least I thought it was fun. Um, it's, uh, it's kind of like, um, uh, I don't know. Um, what's that heist movie? With the old people, <laughs> I, I don't remember the name. um oh, like I said, uh, my brain's kind I of. I know the one right you now. mean. Yeah. Um. Uh, wait a minute. Um. Crap. Um. Is it? Um. It's like it, no, it's not. Oceans Eleven, is it? Like no, something like that. But... Maybe it is. I don't know anyway it's, I, I remember, um like, it's got robert de niro in it <laughs> yeah 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 um ugh, i don't know um it's it's, yeah. like, it's like something like that like the last heist or something but it reminded me a lot mm-hmm. of that it's you know it's a bunch of of you know um older aged cons getting back together for one last heist uh as the rogues um so yeah it's it's a lot of fun and uh you know, an out of continuity story that feels like it's just going to focus on the rogues doing their thing and, um, being evil and, and, you know, loving the hell out of it. Um, so definitely a solid read. Um, definitely a lot to cover. Um, but, uh, I, I I enjoyed it. Um, so I gave it an 8 out of 10.
1: Yeah, I, I honestly think if you're a fan of The Flash's Rogues Gallery, this is a must read. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love The Rogues, and I was super excited for this book, and I was not disappointed. Well, the cover, so I'll say the, the cover, first off, is fantastic. Uh, oh, at yeah. least for the very first issue. Um, and the, the next few covers that I've seen are just as good. The interior art I didn't love. It's really good, but It suits the tone of the story so well. Uh, Yeah, I honestly love this first issue. I'm super excited to see where the story goes. Uh, I gave it a Mm -hmm. 9 out of 10. Awesome.
0: Damn. Well, first, uh, Brandon brought up the whole Master master Storyteller thing. And no, I'm (laughs) not about to go on a rant. I will say (laughs) that I love the cast credits at the beginning. Where it right. lists their identities <laughs> and funny. who they are. Leonard Snart is Captain Cold, etc. And then at the very and end, Evan of, of is
2: Mirror Master. Oh my God, I was like right? shocked to see that <laughs> the the good old Scots uh, Mirror Master.
0: Yeah, yep. And then at at the very end, it says Gorilla Grodd as himself. I thought that shit <laughs> was pretty hilarious. <laughs> um, the rest of the issue, though, not not so much. Not funny at all. Um, and, uh, again, again, Brandon mentioned it's 10 years down the road for everybody, but captain cold, he looks like he's about 65. Yeah. Time that has is, not is been kind poorly. to Leonard Stark <laughs>
2: Yeah.
0: Not at all. But, uh, what, what it is, is a very interesting setup for a potentially awesome story. As far as the art goes, I got two words for you. Kick. And ass. Um, I, I enjoyed it immensely. I, I do like Leo Max. Um, I don't feel like this was something spectacular. It wasn't even something that we really needed. But like I said, it is a really cool idea. Not only to see where it goes. It's a fun one. I enjoyed it. Even if Williamson back in the Flash world makes me cringe just a little bit, I, I did I did like this. It's 8.25 out of 10 for me. Fair yeah. enough. Didn't see that coming, did you? <clears throat> <clears throat> Honestly,
1: I, I don't think there's been... Uh, okay, I won't say it like that. I, I do want to say Black Label, though as a line has been pretty solid. Like not every book has been a winner <clears throat> three jokers, but
2: it's, it's been yeah. a good line and birds of bread. Um, that was, that was tough. <laughs> I
1: I, was, I don't know if I read that one, <laughs> but almost Oof, yeah, every every the... black label book I have read has been pretty damn good, except for <clears throat> three jokers. But yeah, but, yeah you yeah,
0: mean, you else. mean the last third of three jokers?
1: Yeah, the
2: first issue was good. (laughs) Yeah, the the first issue I still hold is is a really great first issue. And honestly, they could have ended it there. I mean, it would have left some loose ends, but it was phenomenal. The second one was less so, but it was fine. Mm -hmm. The third issue, you're like, oh, my God, what happened? This is what I waited three and a half years for. Yeah, and then you, you think about what you did in those three and a half years and why you wasted moments of your life waiting for this.
0: Uh, bruh, I, I was I was so excited when I found out that Three Jokers was coming out. I mean, oh, excited. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't stop talking about it when it came out. As it was about to come out, when it came out, I read the first issue. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. this is so good. This is like... This is like Doritos at Mountain Dew to a nine-year-old. Oh my God, this is amazing! <laughs> <laughs> and then the second one came out, and I, you guys didn't enjoy it. I I liked the second issue too. I was like, this is this is definitely different. I'm feeling some stuff here. Still like it. I'm I'm raving about it to my wife. Uh, can't stop chatting about it. Called my brother up and talked to him about fucking three jokers. I get the third issue. I get to the last page, and I threw it across the room and said, I'm fucking done with Jeff Johns. This is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was I was so Ugh. mad. Yeah, that was a it, it uh, big old mess. That, that book has my favorite Joker line of all time, though. I'll let you in on a secret. It hurts to laugh. Oh, I don't know why. It's such a good line.
2: Yeah, I, it, was, it worked, it, but I... I I kind of cringed with that line because I was just like, oh, of course you're really trying to just lean into like the oh, it's like uh, I don't I don't know something about it just didn't resonate with me at that time. But there were definitely some really I still think there are some some good moments in it. Um, the Joe Chill stuff, even to the third issue, I don't hate that. I think it actually works pretty well. Yeah, um, it's. Well, if you've read the issue, you know where it falls apart, so I don't even need to go into it, but yeah, it's it's the other stuff that you're just like, your eyes go Mm -hmm. into the back of your head.
0: Yeah. And then the issue goes sailing across the room.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I was so pissed, uh... dude it uh it, it went into my uh it went into my long box and stayed there for about six months before i even touched it again um i was just like
0: i'm oh done i've, I've never read it again i don't yeah. want to
2: see you anymore
0: <laughs> oh i mean it I, I still have it 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 is it it is in a box it, it's it's never I'll, I'll never read it again i'll never read it again plus issue three has a big old fucking crush mark on the corner so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the binding is screwed. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh.
1: Well, the the rest but... of Black Label's been pretty good. <laughs> oh right. yeah, that's
0: yeah. no,
2: uh, yeah. it's. With the yeah. I, Birds I feel like sucked.
0: But yeah, everything else.
2: The yeah. I mean Brian Azzarello will forever have my heart after a hundred bullets, but oh my god, that was one of the worst Birds of Prey books I've ever read. Comically so. Um. <laughs> Um, almost all-star Batman and Robin bad, like, where it's so bad you find yeah. yourself laughing. Um, but, uh, other than that, there
0: have been some amazing... While ones. you're Question. saying, what the hell?
2: Yeah, yeah. Question, <laughs> um, other history of the DC universe, um, the Swamp Thing, Green Hell. I didn't love it, but the Hellblazer book from Tom Taylor and Derek Robertson, while not great, was still a pretty fun story. Um, and... Yeah putting Derek Robertson's uh, art in that size. I'll never shut up about it, but putting Derek Robertson's art in that size is like match made in heaven. It just looks so good. Right. Yeah. Um, just a lot of really good stuff, like Rob said. Killer Smile, yeah, that was great yeah. too. Um, Harleen, that was good. White Knight. So yeah, a lot of good stuff. Um,
0: yeah.
2: And even, even outside Both of... Suicide
1: Squads we've had.
2: Yeah. Yeah, um, and even outside of superheroes, you know, Nice House of the Lake continues to be excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So, a lot of cool stuff. Mm -hmm. I didn't finish American Vampire 1976. I kind of fell off of that one, but I don't know if that one ended well.
1: And as always, Batman Damned. Of course, Batman Damned. For many reasons, some which we shall not talk (laughs) about.
2: Yes. Because DC refuses to believe What happened. Yeah, yeah, we can't because you know we can't see it.
1: <laughs> it's hidden from view, but it's burned in Josh's memory
2: apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: All right. Well, that is enough about Black Label. I think for now we could go on and on about all these books, <laughs> but yeah. now it's kind let's of talk we about. Eh? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh <So>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh let, let's talk about a tournament what do you think uh, not not the not the lazarus tournament that's a tournament talk about a tournament that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> tournament that's been coming for four issues now uh that is trial of the amazons and that is with wonder girl number one or trials of the amazons wonder girl number one not wonder girl number one it's technically wonder girl number eight yeah right yeah, it's, it's very confusing, folks. <laughs> Re- re-skinned from... and uh, repurposed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is from writer Joelle Jones, with art also from Joelle Jones, with colors from Jordi Belair, and letters from Pat Brousseau. So we return to the world of Yara Floor, and we get a look at what happened to her after the Battle on Olympus, and what brought her and the Escasida to Themyscira. Meanwhile, Cassie has been investigating Hippolyta's murder, and after some questioning and pondering, she's figured it out. Just in time for the trials to commence. Hopefully. Like I said, this will be issue four. Uh, We have not seen the trials yet. (laughs) To be fair, there's been a lot going on. Um, But hopefully they actually begin next issue. It looks like that's what's happening. The the four contestants are in their trial-ready garb, potentially. Uh as for this one though I, I feel like it's not the right word but it just felt very heavy in exposition like they were just yes, spending most yeah. of the issue catching us up to Yara floor when realistically this could have just been done with one more issue in the wonder girl series and then we could have had more story about actual trial of the amazons um not that this was a, a bad issue It was good to get back into that story, because I really enjoyed Yara Flora's story, and the art throughout is just gorgeous. But it definitely felt like it was taking away from the event Uh, storyline. We only really got some small portions through Cassie's part of the book. Uh, All in all, though, I didn't hate it. I just wish it could have been more. Uh, 8.5 out of 10. Mm.
2: Yeah, um yeah, definitely very heavy in expository scenes which just it, it feels like it was a lot of like you said um material that was probably meant for the Wonder Girl series crammed into this issue um instead of, you know, progressing the story of the Trial of the Amazons, which definitely affected the momentum of the story of the trial of the Amazons for me, at least it just, it it felt like a lot of, I don't want to say unnecessary because it's providing information for the Esquecitas, which is all very interesting, but it just, it weighed it down in, in just a lot of information that, that, you know, feels like wasn't really related to the main story of the trial. Um, that being said, I love Cassie in this issue. Cassie's probably my favorite part of this issue um i i guess it, it's appropriate that even though this is a book about Yara Floor, who is a wonder girl it, it could also fit another wonder girl Cassie Sandsmark cuz um she was definitely i think the highlight of this issue for me doing her best batman impression um and being kind <laughs> of uh, the detective um of uh the or the de- the detective for the murder of of Hippolyta Um, And there's, you know, kind of that great scene between her and Artemis um, finally kind of acknowledging their own past history, but also setting up some, you know, future dynamics of her maybe being opposed to Artemis if, you know, she had any kind of involvement in the murder of Hippolyta. Um, But I love that page where she's just like... (laughs) I I was using all the tactics that I learned uh to investigate the crime and just like just looks so dramatic and crazy um and uh and you know trying to use all the the Batman detective techniques but coming up short um but it was just really cool to see um and I think yeah Cassie was definitely the highlight for me in this issue and I I would not be opposed to a a, a spin-off series of Cassie solving Themyscira in mysteries so um, Joelle Jones that, that or DC would be or anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get on that Wonder if you can. Um, yes, yeah. And she can, she can partner up with Tim, and they can, you know, both be detectives together. But yeah, aside from that... Um, i would be cool with that. I would do. But yeah, aside from that, I'm not going to mention the art because... The best way that I can describe it is an experience. It's it's like something you just have to see for yourself. It's not fair for me to try and compartmentalize it in any kind of way. You just need to look at how some of this stuff is captured and you'll know exactly mm. what I mean when I say it's an experience. Um, yeah. And I, I when I say an experience, I do mean that in the best way. I don't mean like a like- crazy psycho experience. I mean, this is like a beautiful experience that you need to see, but I'm not going to go into detail in any of the techniques or anything. You just need to, well, you just need to experience it for yourself um, because it is just, it it is something. Um, But yeah, other than that, other than kind of the unnecessary, uh, well, I ended up saying it, Other than some of the, I'll say unneeded, (laughs) uh, other than some of the unneeded scenes of exposition um, related to the Esquesitas, which does have interesting content, but is bogging down the main story of the trial. I did enjoy this issue, but I am starting to get a little antsy because we're on chapter four of a seven-part story, I believe, Um, Mm -hmm. and we have not even started the actual tournament itself, which is concerning because... Already in my mind, I see them trying to rush through the tournament and the mystery of Hippolyta's murder in, like, an issue or two, and that would really throw off the story for me. So I'm hoping that however they wrap this story up, it's not too rushed. Um, But I feel like we need to get the tournament going pretty soon, um, because this is not a long story. So uh, an 8 out of 10
0: for me. 8 out of 10. All right. Well, I I'm kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum from you guys. I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting us to get to the to the, to the contest so quickly. Um the trial of the champions or amazons, whatever you want to call it. Uh we've we've seen pretty slow progression and given the amount of issues that we knew we had going into this, I'm assuming that we're not going to get the actual contest if it happens at all. Until the the last issue, maybe issue six. But I'm thinking, yeah, probably issue six with a lot of wrap up in issue seven. But I don't see the contest taking longer than one issue. Uh, I did. I did enjoy this book. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, I was like, oh, damn, we almost got a name. Hopefully that comes out next issue. Yeah. Uh, Jones and Bel Air make one hell of an art team uh, and, and experience is a great way to put that this is as gorgeous as any Wonder Woman book I can remember and that's probably since George Perez's Wonder Woman I, I wish the next issue was coming out next week I'm so into this story that it almost pains me to wait I love it so much I enjoyed seeing the uh, bit of the backstory that we were given for the Escocetia I thought that was great. I want to see a lot more of their world under the seafloor. It's it's just been a great story throughout all the wonder books and I have a feeling that it won't be stopping anytime soon. As far as my opinion goes, if you're not reading this, start. I gave it a 9 out of 10.
1: Nice. Definitely. Definitely start. It's it's yeah. a solid time for Wonder Woman. It's it's got a lot of a
2: uh, lot of good stuff um, though. Again, I, I just hope that the pacing kind of picks up soon, because um, the last thing I would want is for them to rush through the tournament and the murder of Hippolyta, you know, in in issue where it's like, all right, we need to get to the end. Here we go, um, and you're like, oh, well, we didn't even really get time to let it play out. So, um, I, I, I mean, hope that it, that it is, is not just satisfying. a bunch of fighting yeah but uh, you know there's emotional stuff, and and I could definitely see that taking an entire issue. I mean, we had the Lazarus tournament, and they were you know doing different rounds across what like one, two, three issues. Um, never mind the fact that they still have to solve the actual mystery of Hippolyta's murder and deal with the fallout and everything. and that's a lot of stuff to you know try and cram in one issue, um, so you would you would definitely need some time to space that out. For, for me at least. Let's hope to, to that, make it feel safe. Let's satisfying. hope
0: that let, let's hope that Cassie is able to tell us and doesn't get snuffed out before that happens.
2: Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I,
0: well. I I I am I immensely enjoyed the part where Artemis says if you ask me that question again, it will be the last sound that ever comes out of your mouth, and then turns around <laughs> and stomps away, and Cassie's like, she knows I'm half god, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was great yeah <laughs> we
2: we don't get enough of cassie honestly i, I, I i'm just i'm no, if, if there's one thing that i really like about this story it's that it's it's given not just um the wonder family but the greater wonder woman mythos a chance to really shine and have their moment in the sun where you have you know the bane and McDoll, and i know the escasitas are fairly recent but um, giving them, you know, an opportunity to really show themselves. And, of course, Donna Troy and Cassie having active roles in the story. It's just nice to see them actually kind of embrace all aspects of, of Wonder Woman's mythos. You know, we get so much of the Bat yeah. family and the Superman family, and uh, it's nice to see, you know, the other member of the big three get her kind of big um, universe-spanning story. Wonder Fam. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm glad <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that all of them have their kind of important roles. Artemis and Donna and Cassie and Yara and all of them. They're not just in the background.
0: See, and and, and I think that that might be one of the reasons why I did enjoy this book so much, as we weren't able to get into. Well, we weren't able to get into the Escasita much at all with the Wonder Girl story, because uh, with the Yara Floor Wonder Girl story, because it was dealing with her coming into her her realization that she's you know that she's wonder girl she's this mystical presence and um there, there's a lot of people they didn't read that book uh unfortunately and i think that that might be why we got all of that back that backstory of the escasida was to kind of introduce people to her in this book that weren't necessarily reading the last one, getting her a little bit more exposure. And I, I really hope that works out because she's an amazing character.
2: Yeah, all of them are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, I, I hope that all of the, the characters in in ds universe um, get a chance to shine um, after this event is over and, and kind of do their own thing. I feel like it's rare that you ever get to see Donna do stuff with, You know the Wonder Woman universe. She's always kind of connected to the Titans, so that's been really cool too. Yeah, even if she is fighting for the Phantom But Yeah, no, it's usually just like, oh, you're a Titan, you're over there. Um, But you know, she's she is Themyscira and she's an Amazon, so it's important to kind of make those connections.
1: Indeed. And with that, that wraps up our spotlight round. And for now, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we get back, we'll get started with our regular books. Uh, Stay tuned to Not A Robot. After
0: these messages, we'll be right back. Now, back to our program.
1: Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with Not A Robot. Not that there's really anywhere else to go. Come on it's a podcast would you just press pause and then come back later come on i know you did don't lie anyway (laughs) it's time for regular books and we're going to start us off with action comics number 1041
2: and mr brandon's going to tell us about that one yes 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 we are uh it is indeed action comics which uh is filled with so much action It's sometimes hard for me to summarize it all in a satisfying way, but I will try and do my best, um, because this is one hell of a story for the ages. Uh, This is brought to us by our superstar team, the breakout team, I would say, uh, of this series, of this run on Action Comics, uh, written, of course, by Philip Kennedy Johnson, with uh, art from a newcomer to this series, Dale Eaglesham, who's uh, always nice to see, uh, and Will Conrad. Uh, with colors from Lee Lowridge and letters from Dave Sharp. This is the appropriately titled Midnighter's Tale as we shift the focus away from Clark for a beat and focus on our favorite black-clad badass, uh, Batman. Or, wait, no, sorry, he wouldn't like that. uh, Midnighter, uh, who is making his way around War World, trying to set up the rebellion that is soon to come uh, for all the inhabitants uh, across Warworld, World. Um, so this issue kind of starts off with uh, a, a bit of a, a, a false setup where uh, Krill-Ux, um, I believe that's his name, the Kryptonian who has yeah. sort of been spreading the, the stories and legends of Superman um, is under attack from the war zunes and uh, seemingly is on his, his you know, uh, seemingly uh, uh, prepared for death uh, before a some kind of doorway or portal opens up and who should emerge but everyone's favorite hero, not Superman, uh, but Midnighter, screaming and cursing <laughs> and killing all the way through uh, before – uh, <laughs> before vomiting all over the floor in front of the kids. (laughs) Uh, A a great role model for everyone. Not exactly the Superman you might have expected, but uh, the Superman you're going to get nonetheless.
0: Um, Midnighter, in canon, does not handle teleporting very well at all.
2: No, no. And, uh, I mean, door technology is always a bitch, but it seems like it's really fucked him up in this case. But in his defense, he has been fighting Warzun's nonstop for like the past, who knows how long. So, I oh, no, you know, it, I assume with he's probably he's always reacted
0: how. to it like that. Uh, yep. It's kind of a thing for him. He can go through anything. He can deal with anything, but teleportation, not one of them.
2: Well, I remember Lady Tron was the one who vomited a ton in Grayson, but I, I guess I forgot that that happened to Midnighter, too. Um, yep. In any case, um, the rest of the issue sort of revolves around Midnighter making his way through the different um, levels of war world, freeing and liberating the slaves of the zones, um, freeing them and rallying them into the revolutionary cause, um, as the I guess there's really no other way to say it, but the legend of Superman spreads across war world, inspiring and uh, creating dissent among the slaves as they turn away from the evils of Mongol and embrace the heroic and hopeful activities or hopeful beliefs of Superman. Um, but that's really it, honestly. I mean, again, Midnighter sort of makes his way throughout the issue, freeing and liberating people, reunites with, um, and, um, is informing him that he's getting ready for the final push on the, um, uh, the lunar pits, I think they're called, or lunar surges or something like that, the lunar engines, um... Where um, he's planning to take them down. Byla is telling him that uh, if he does that, thousands will die. But he's ready. Midnighter is ready to take that, um, you know, chance. Given that he's StarForge's. That's it. Um, Given that he's ready to take that chance um, because he's more concerned with Apollo's safety than he is with uh, the residents of (laughs) Warworld. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's to be expected. It is the love of his life, or he's the love of his life. Um but while all that's getting set up and the war Zunes have made their way to the slave pits, um, ready to kill the knotlings and other phylogians that are <coughs> um have been talking about descent and have been speaking closely with Superman. Um that is when Superman empowered by the Genesis fragment makes his way um to the slave pits and is ready to defend them from the war zones. Um, now I guess having some of his power back and, uh, and, and a lot more ready to fight. Um, it is, oh man, it, it is, it's hard to say how much I really love this story. I mean, it's just, it's been amazing. It's, it's blown me out of the water consistently, um, with each issue and, and each time I think I'm like, okay, this is it, this is the peak, you know, it's going to start to, fall off from here. It just keeps finding new ways to impress me and, and keep my interest. Um, and it's just been really remarkable having what I would call an epic Superman story. I feel like I've said that before, but just this really grand and epic Superman story taking place all across the world with all these different moving parts um, while still keeping you know the, the action and intensity and momentum going. Um, and it's just a lot of really cool... Really epic stuff going on, um, and I feel like it sounds like a broken record, but it's it's just awesome. Like that's that's all I have to say. Um, it really is. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's like I don't know. I've I've talked it to death at this point, and and I think shifting the focus to Midnighter as kind of like an end to um, this arc because we're we're moving on to the World World Revolution next, but um, shifting the focus to Midnighter worked really well because it kind of not only showed us how Midnighter's been operating amidst, you know, Superman's time in the pits and everything, but also showing us how the legend of Superman has spread, um, you know, throughout the days and weeks that um he's been active on Warworld and how slowly people are rejecting Mongols core beliefs and are embracing Supermans and it, it just flowed and, and worked really well even if it completely shifted the focus away from Superman, um, you know, for this one issue. So it just again, it's it's consistently keeping my attention, um, and, and has not hit that point where I've lost interest. So I'm just really impressed and everything. Um, the art from Dale Eaglesham was great for the most part, um, but there was a point where it shifted from Eaglesham to Conrad that it, it like you could definitely tell it was a little jarring, at least for me. Um, but for the most part, the art was consistent and I didn't really have a problem with it. Um, and I think it worked well for this issue specifically. Um, so yeah, it's, I don't know, it's, it's just awesome. Like, if you haven't signed on for, you know, uh, Johnson's run on Action Comics right now, I think the first trade is out now. Um, the first volume of Action Comics, maybe. Um, so, I would highly recommend going out and checking out this issue or checking out this series, really just checking out everything. It's, it's just been a phenomenal ride, and it's definitely worth your attention. So it got a 9 out of 10 for me easily, um, and I love it.
0: And having Midnighter at the forefront of this issue was awesome. And it was oh, yeah. funny as hell when he got aggravated about getting called Superman so much. That was awesome because usually <laughs> it's a Batman thing, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. I get the Batman connection, but Superman, seriously? Like, come on.
0: None of these people um, had ever really seen Superman. They just heard of him, you know? Yeah. So they're yeah. like, is um, that you, dude? Yeah,
2: but he's, you know, as cocky and as self. Uh, confident as always, and he's he's the midnighter you would expect, but thrown into a completely different context, um, having to navigate this rebellion and also trying to save the the love of his life, and it just it works so well. Um, and uh, it
0: really does. See,
2: yeah, it's again I him just there's so much at, I could rave about in this issue. I feel like we'd be here all day.
0: him coming across as like the leader of the team worked really well for me. Even though there's, even though they're pretty much saying half the team is dead. Um, we, I mean obviously we know that Midnighter is still around, Superman of course, but mm. then Omag, who seems to be a traitor, and Tasha yeah. are the only ones mentioned. Oh uh, well, Apollo, yeah. but we still haven't seen him yet. He's been stabbed through the heart and being used as a battery for the Star Forges. That's all we yeah. know. God, and, God knows. I, knows where I mean, holy shit. Chester Black is right now. We don't have the slightest clue. No. Um, yeah. If if Apollo is permanently messed up, we're <coughs> dead. Midnighter is gonna full on snap, and I can't even imagine what that looks like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, this well, run on action.
2: If you've if you've ever read the, I read it last summer, so it, it always comes to mind. But if you've ever read the um, the Garth Ennis six issue, really five issue, but. Um, there's a six-issue addendum, uh, the Garth Ennis brief run on Midnighter from 2007, you can actually see what happens when he you know, just completely flies off for a second. But that that's another crazy story that I'll have to talk about some other time.
0: It's Garth Ennis, man, so you can't really yeah. take that and put it up against any of the other yeah. comic book universes because Garth Ennis, I think in some other foreign language, translates into completely fucking insane.
2: Yeah, yeah. very, very, very gritty. Um, But I'll say this at least for anyone who is curious about uh, that story. Um, (laughs) The basic plot line is (laughs) Midnighter has to go back in time to kill Hitler. And that's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. It It goes to some wild places after that. Um but if that if that hook alone doesn't get you, I don't know what will because it uh it was it's it was a it's a really ride. Good. Yeah, it was a hell of a ride.
0: Yeah. Uh so is this run on action comics, man. It's my favorite in a really long time, and I I don't think I ever want PKG PKJ to leave this title. I mean he can leave it, but only once he goes bald and wrinkly.
2: Or um, tells a satisfying conclusion, like, you know, Zdarsky I, I ex- guess. exiting uh, spectacular. Like, all right, I told my story, I'm good. If you do that, I'm satisfied, although I'm with you, I would prefer
0: you to stay on this
2: book until
0: I'm old and gray. Because, I mean, wow. Again, Action Comics hasn't been this good in a long time. <laughs> and, of course, Dale Eaglesham and Wheel, uh, Will Conrad are at. Absolutely killing it. It looks amazing. It looks super. <laughs> I I do have one criticism, and that's on the last <coughs> page. Superman Superman is built like the Hulk. And I mean his pectoral muscles have six packs. That's just a natural. <laughs> but it is uh, far from a deal breaker in this issue. And in case you can't tell, I really like I really like this part of the book. I gave it an 8.75 out of ten.
2: You want to see buff? Check out—I'm sure you've already seen it—but Dale Eaglesham's um, Reed Richards when he did the start of Hickman's run. Yeah, like, what like the a hell? <laughs> he's like built like a house. His his muscles are so buff. Um, yeah. Well,
0: he he got his he 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 learned everything there was to uh, about drawing comics from the '90s X-Men.
2: Yeah, or you know, must be. <laughs> uh, really into bodybuilding.
0: Right. Or like maybe the, the first year or two of image comics. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, this is awesome. 8.75 out of 10 for me.
1: Yes. Uh, I don't even know what else to say. There's nothing left to say. It's just fantastic. (laughs) The art is just gorgeous. We Mm -hmm. got Cal back in the fight now. Uh, I can't wait to see what's gonna happen. We can go on yeah. and on and on and sing praises all the live long day about this book, and I will. I will. Like, I regret anything I might have said when uh, PKJ first took over the book because, god damn, this is good.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I oh. was, but I, 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 I'm, I'm gonna feel like such a dick for saying this, but I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I was right. I was right. Cause everyone was like, "Oh, he's with Phil Hester. This was, you know, what what a dud." And I was like, "But there's something there. I see it. Yeah. Even there, it wasn't great, but I felt like there was something there, and I knew." I've it. loved was right. what he's done with everyone Superman and right. so, Future State. So, so I'm just mm-hmm. saying, you know, feel free to apologize.
0: <laughs> I, I've I've sang his praises since the first time I saw him in a Superman book, and I'm good with anything he's done so far, man. Yeah. There's not I, um, even, there's no way you could argue that with me.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and um, I have to say, again, and I, I forget if, if Nathan pointed this out on his 2021 or like DC retrospective or, or that thing, but I, I do have to say one thing that I've really appreciated about Infinite Frontier, not to go on another tangent, but just um, one thing that I've really appreciated is a lot of the new voices that they brought in some have been great, some have been less than great, but I have to say, at least for me, you know, for someone who loves following new creators and seeing the stuff that they're a part of, this has been great for me, because some of the names that I was somewhat familiar with and some of the names that I was less familiar with, um, their work on certain books has, has, you know, kind of encouraged me to check out their other works, their other creator-owned stuff, um, and uh, one of those was Philip Kennedy Johnson, so I had recently picked up The Last God. I haven't read it yet, um, but uh, that was one that, you know, when it came out, like, didn't even give it a second look. I was like, oh, whatever, sword and sorcery. But now, you know, I see it, and I'm like, well, this guy did really great on action comics. I'm, I'm actually excited to check this out, um, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping that's a good one. But uh, no, it's 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 led me to some, uh, some good stuff, I think, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what other kind of um, crazy stories he can he can meld. So I haven't, like I said, I haven't read The Last God yet, but I'm I'm looking forward to it just based on the the quality of action comics so far.
0: For sure, mm-hmm. up front, what happens in the backside? <coughs> um, well, in an abandoned casino, Rivera, our, our
2: beloved Martian Manhunter is investigating the mystery of a villain conspiracy or something like that Um, this is a face in the crowd our Martian Manhunter backup part 5 Yeah, written by Sean Aldridge with art from Adriana Mello, colors from Hi-Fi and letters from Dave Sharp Um, so Martian Manhunter is on the trail of this mystery looking for the conspiracy in the old casino leading him to the Court of Owls that is not the Court of Owls um that seems to be made up of some of his old villains or is led by an old villain, Professor Hugo, who I'm not entirely familiar with. Um, And uh, they get the upper hand on him um, and are seemingly going to be bringing him his reckoning. And uh, that's about it. Uh, There wasn't really a lot here, to be honest. Um, And I had kind of forgotten what had happened in the last chapter. Just because the main story overshadows this story by like a you know, a metric like it it is just I don't know, I sort of forget the story every time I read it. So following it up every month is kind of like a bizarre experience for me because I just don't remember what happened before. So I kind of if if I'm missing stuff, please correct me, but I just I like I kind of completely forgot what had happened in the last chapter. So I really didn't remember what was going on. Um, but this chapter was fine. I mean, you know, it's been fun to have the Martian Manhunter backup existing, I guess, but I don't know. I feel like this story would be better serviced somewhere else. Like they had the tales of Metropolis backups earlier on. And I feel like those were better. Um, the more that I think about it, because at the very least, it could kind of give you a glimpse of Metropolis. Um, you know, while Superman is on War World, but this just kind of feels like we want to do something with Martian Manhunter, but we don't have enough interest around him to do a book, so we're just going to kind of put him in these backups and see if people bite, and maybe if there's enough energy there, we'll be able to, you know, move on to a book at some point, but for now, he's just going to be in these, you know, eight-page backups, and that's fine, but I don't know. It's just, like... Uh, I don't know, it's just not really that interesting, to be honest. Especially when you are following, or this is following the just incredible story on War World. So I gave this a 6.5 out of 10, it's fine. Like, I just, I don't know, I don't really remember anything about it. And to be honest, it's it's like, it, it's almost like something I have to read, because it's there, and it's taking up space. But I don't, it doesn't really register in any considerable way, um, you know, when I finish it. So,
0: uh, it at at the beginning of this story I was appreciative of the nods to his past but then I became quickly tired of it because that was like all it seemed to be now I feel like this is now I I feel like this is now a story um the trip of nostalgia through all of Man, Marshall Manhunter's past touching on literally everything I thought that was pretty cool bringing up the fact that the vulture operates and looks a whole bunch like the course of the court of owls is a relief I'm glad that that wasn't ignored uh there is only one issue left of this story and it just it does not look good for John johns he at the very last page he's got like five heads four mouths like twenty eyes and a set of gnarly looking vampire teeth in the middle yikes um it, like I said i i I haven't liked the 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 story parts leading up to this issue, but I, I did like this one. Unfortunately, I feel like this might be the last one for our favorite man hunter from Mars. I heard some rumors on there that Martian Manhunter may be dying soon, and um, uh, again, I <laughs> well, yeah, again? Uh, but I couldn't. I, as far as I know, he's not a part of Dark Crisis, and taking him out here. Would eliminate the the possibility of him being a leader for the younger generation, and that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Having him go through every place that he's been, all of his different aliases, um, the classic villain that uh, Vulture was a huge part for. I think he was. I think that was like a two year long deal with Martian Manhunter. So, I mean, I enjoyed it. I haven't liked what led up to this, but I did like this. I gave it an 8 out of 10. Only whole issue got an 8.5 out of 10.
2: The whole issue still gets a 9 for me. Um, but, yeah, the, the backup is just like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not even really factoring it because the main story is so good. I don't even care. Yeah.
0: Mm, so Tell us you really fail.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, like everyone else, I'm I'm a huge Martian Manager fan. I'm loving what I'm getting, but it is very short, and I do wish we had more. And if what Brandon is saying is true, I'm sending all my energy, all my vibes, <laughs> thoughts, prayers, whatever you need. Just just take it. Just give us a Martian Manager book. Crying out loud. Yeah, your we back, had man. one, but
0: they made Riley Rosmo, they let Riley Rosmo draw it. <laughs> that was horrible. So I,
1: I will admit that was one time i was not very appreciative of riley ross mozart
0: <laughs> he wasn't the martian manhunter he was the martian green kidney bean but in any case <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that was definitely a way to put it <laughs> that's what he looked uh, like but anyway yeah for this backup i gave it seven out of ten it's starting to wrap up i'm curious how it'll end and i'm very curious if they go anywhere with it after this i mean got a nine out of ten uh so i'll split difference and give the book an eight but i really feel the whole book deserves more than an eight so Mm -hmm.
0: fair enough Uh, fair enough
1: so that was action comics which if you guys didn't know i think is the second longest running book in dc history yes yeah.
0: second only to detective exactly that is correct
1: which is our next book the longest running book in DC
0: history Whoa-ho. Whoa-ho. in fact the namesake of DC comics
1: exactly yeah that's where it all started and this issue which is 1058 I still can't believe we're reading comics that are in the thousands of issues it's, it's real. what a time to be alive uh, so this issue was brought to us by writer Mariko Tamaki, with art from Amanke Nahuelpan, with colors from Jordi Belair, letters from Ariana Maher, and one more gorgeous cover from Irvin Rodriguez. So in the final I'm chapter fire, that of... that guy yes.
0: Sorry? Oh yeah, I said, that guy's on fire.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Solid covers the whole event. Uh, so in this Definitely. final chapter of shadows of the bats we are now l- taking a look at where everyone is uh, after the events of the tower have ended penguin not happy about his lost money with the drug deal is hunting down psycho pirate his goons track him to a motel but instead they find batman and the batgirls who make quick work of the goons and head off to the next mission uh, the team, the family, now has a new underground cave for the all to work out of, and Batwoman then goes to Tobias Ware's funeral, where she finds Deb Donovan, and Deb is asking for her source on all the information that she has given her, but Kate again tells her she can't reveal the source. Also there is Mary Nakano and Dr. Meridian. He regrets what happened with the tower, but still believes in what it can do, and he wants her to run it and make it work, which she gracefully accepts. Koyuki Nakano, at their home, receives flowers from someone who is most likely Psycho while Batman and FAM are out looking for him. Oracle spots him on a camera, and Batman intercepts. Batman then offers him another option instead of running and hiding. And just after that, the Riddler comes on over the radio with a new riddle, When is a killer not a killer? So I'm kinda torn on this one. I know we've had some issues uh, about 12 issues with this event so far um i i like the ending it's a good ending with good hints for the future again the art is just fantastic but it, it the last issue ended with a cliffhanger with koyuki putting on the medusa mask and you think you're gonna get to see what she does with it but then it's all gone and it just kind of rushed out. I feel like there's a portion of the story missing. Like, where do we get from yeah, it was there like to here? Whiplash.
2: It was yeah, literally like right. Whiplash, and this was where you just like, you have. For...
0: Both you guys are so polite.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no. It was, I, I was just going to say, it was uh, Rob, you can go. But uh, yeah, it was just like Whiplash. Uh-huh. Like, suddenly we have the Koyuki stuff, and then bam, we're at the end. We're like, yeah. What? yeah it
1: was was weird and and even this issue was just shotgunning from scene to scene and it blended well but it was like you got some parts you only got a page and you just jumped onto the next one it was really fast um, really awkward I I like the stuff we got as an epilogue but it just felt so rushed Uh, 8.5 for the main story I'll say for sure though
0: uh, I wasn't that high. Um, what did you give it? Maybe, maybe you were eight point five. <laughs> it, it, it was, it, it was, it was, it was, it was kind of all over the place. It did have some good points, but um, Dub Donovan's opening caption box is saying it's barely a matter of how did this happen, and more of a matter of why did we let this happen again? Yeah, I'm gonna have yeah. to agree with that. <laughs> uh, putting. <laughs> Putting the asylum in the middle of the city was a bad idea. I mean, how could no one in charge really see that? Uh, Mr. Not-Dr. Ware pulled off stealing the identity of a man twice his age at the very least, and nobody looked at a picture of the guy? Nobody looked at when yeah, he graduated that, college that or his was, that was
2: so That was so ridiculous, I laughed out loud. I LOL'd um cuz I was just like I, what the hell you guys i know i was like you guys are master detectives
0: are you are you dumb like how not even i'm not even, I'm not not even just a master detective who in the hell hires uh, pays to build a gigantic tower on somebody's word and then yeah. funds him with millions of dollars on somebody's word you don't do a background check on this guy i, I mean, know no, that's like oh hey run fingerprints but i mean check when he graduated from college you didn't yeah. get a copy of it you didn't get a copy of his driver's license what the fuck couldn't look which at i think they,
2: they they yeah, they, they brought be. up earlier like oh we can't find dr weir's medical license why didn't you look it up you would have found it was a fraud from the get-go and you would have been like oh yeah. this guy's a hack there's no way I, we're funding this tower
0: i maybe, just i mean, was they, like that they, they is
2: they, so ridiculous So, if you can't find his medical license, why did you give
1: him the building in the first place? (laughs) That should be the first step.
0: Is I mean, how prove it as Mayor Nakano handing over the the, the keys to the city's insane? You would think that he would at least have made a couple phone calls. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Um, uh. Again, it was all over the place for the cover, which looks great, but um I mean, I feel like the cover up applied far more to Bat- Batman's time in Europe than it did here. Uh The riddle on the cover, it's got a riddle on the cover. It says, the more there is of me, the less you see what am I. That's darkness. So I, I'm not really sure. How that fits into this story in any way, shape, or form? But, uh, Darkness the, of Gotham and, City. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's pretty. That's that's kind of reaching for straws, though, man. Yeah. Uh, the team. Well, dis- I th- I the think... teams. Go ahead. Oh can no! You...
2: I, you can go ahead. I...
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, you were gonna. You were gonna answer my question.
2: <laughs> um, no, I, I was just going to say, I, th- I think that's what they were trying to say, at, like the end of the issue with the, oh, it never ends stuff, but I'm not really scared of it. Like the darkness never ends, the, you know, never ending cycle of madness that is Gotham is there, but I understand it a little more. And I was like, OK, I get what you're trying to say. And I know that that's probably trying to tie a neat little bow on the story like, oh, yeah, you know. Arkham Tower went crazy again like it always will like I expect it but you know Koyuki Nakano is like but I get it a little now like I feel like I I understand it more and I'm not as scared of it and I was like okay I get that but also this was stupid like you knew that was going to happen this was preventable like that that might be applicable oh. in a situation where something in Gotham really does get out of control and you can't handle it or you couldn't have prevented it, but this could have been prevented from day one with a basic Google search of no, Dr. Yeah, Weir, exactly. medical license. Oh, he's a fraud. We're not funding this tower. The right. end. <laughs> we didn't need to read 12 issues of the bullshit.
0: I um, mean, Google images, man. I mean, seriously, just type in Dr. Weir, click images, and you're going to see the old guy. You're not going to see this young 30-something, dude. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. On top, the the team sent to pick up Psycho, Psycho Pirate is one hundred percent the dumbest group of henchmen I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> oh my god! It, it has to be. Uh, Nakano wants to keep Arkham Asylum or Tower, whatever, in the middle yeah. of Gotham. That 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 just smells like bad idea all over the place. Uh, Nakano needs to get impeached. Somebody's got to run yeah. against him. Uh, he's just, every decision this dude has made has been horrible. Uh, it's starting with Simon Saint, moving to Dr. Ware. I mean, obviously he's the most gullible. He's not corrupt, for sure. But he's the most gullible goddamn thing in Gotham, that's for sure. Um, and then, of course, at the end, enter the Riddler, which is obviously prompted by the, the movie The Batman. We're going to tie all that stuff in here. Now, I did like this issue better than the rest of the Shadow of the Bat run. But at the same time, like I mentioned, there's just so much stuff that didn't make sense to me. It felt like a pause. A little bit gets wrapped up. A little bit gets wrapped up. A little bit is planted. But not much else. Um, But I will say that every single panel in here is worth looking at a few times. It does look that good. So I gave it a 7.75 out of 10.
2: Yeah. Um yeah, this main story um and and really the main story or uh really the um the story as a whole, I would say, gets a 7.5 out of me. Um which sounds like it's a lot higher than you might expect given how critical we've been of it. I don't think Shadows of the Bad is a bad story. I think there's a lot of elements that have been really interesting about it and and I think um the concept of of Arkham Tower, while a, a little bit silly, isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like I, I like the idea of putting all these you know Gotham crazies in one place and trying to keep them locked down, and it you know slowly busting apart. That stuff was pretty cool, and it had its moments. The problem was, it just it spent way too much time treading water on a mystery that, frankly, was not all that compelling at points. Um, and you know really didn't involve the bat family as much as it should have and when it finally did they're like incompetent they're they're dumb they act very dumb and make very dumb decisions um like investigating the what were they called the party crashers and yeah. not being stupid enough to realize that if you are able to find them they're almost certainly going to be able to find you if your you know main point of access is a tunnel so naturally they were going to find your cave and it's just like that plus sending multiple people into the tower when it's clear that the tower is unstable and unsafe to send people in, and they're going to get trapped, which is why Steph got trapped and Tim had to get sent in. But Steph was only sent in because Dick was trapped. Dick was sent in because uh, uh, Helena was trapped. Like it's just it's a series of incompetent decisions that, again, made me question how a group of people that are supposedly highly trained by Batman of all people um, somehow are are you know um, somehow able to handle Gotham by themselves I don't know it's just like there were so many things they about it be that able I, I to. D- they should be able to but here they clearly demonstrate that they haven't um, or yeah, can't or in it, this story they almost, act like they can't
0: it feels um, like the, the entire purpose of the Shadow of the Bat is to show how inept uh, the bat family is without Without batman Batman. they must have batman there in order to be able to lead them even though they're almost completely competent and able to handle any situation that's thrown at them this whole issue is just like dude it's it's almost comical
2: it's it's almost like a like a robot chicken bit where it's like what would Gotham be yeah, without exactly. the Batman where where they're just like they're so incompetent and make so many dumb mistakes and silly decisions that you wouldn't expect people that are highly trained by Batman to make that you know when Batman shows up you're like oh okay I get it they kind of need him because they don't know how to handle these situations their own when all evidence points to the contrary and they actually are able to do that but it's just not great writing but anyway um yeah we've ranted about all. this enough and it's uh
0: we got a half a it's, half an issue to take a look at
2: yeah it's it's just it, there were there were so many elements of the story that were messy and didn't work and were flawed but i'm sure at some point i'll probably give this a reread and maybe i'll be softer on it i doubt it but it just it feels like it feels like a very generic bat family event That almost, again, highlights how incompetent the Bat family is without Batman rather than showing how strong they are when they work together. Because the tower is fucking falling apart by the time Batman shows up and then seemingly by himself is able to take out the party crashers, redirect everyone to just like, all right, I'm here, get on board, Tim, go here, Steph, go here, Oracle, coordinate this, Huntress, I need you up top, and it's like, okay, all right, but I thought they were supposed to be, you know, good on their own, but I guess not. Um I just yeah, there
0: there were things that no, they're toddlers.
2: Yeah, they 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 act like toddlers. Um and it it just anyway. So yeah, I gave the main story 7.5. I said what I needed to say. Um there you go.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> All right
1: uh josh you give yeah you gave your score right it's 7.5 I think.
0: i did 7.75
1: so, okay right so
0: for our backup
1: another final chapter in Have actually you
0: done- know what i'm sorry okay. i've got to drop that down it's
1: 7.25 <laughs> fair enough <laughs> uh Oh, so after that, I cannot wait to hear what you guys had to say about this one. Uh, so House of Gotham, <laughs> part 12, is written by Matthew Rosenberg, drawn by Fernando Blanco, colored by Jordi Belair, and lettered by Rob Lee. So our boy has captured the Joker and Batman and plans to kill the Joker in front of him. The step that Batman would never take. Batman talks him down, pleading that it's for revenge and not what he thinks it is. The boy hesitates, and Batman frees himself, because he's Batman. Uh, The boy is doing this to help the people of Gotham and his family, the children that follow him and the villains who help him. Batman convinces him that it's not the story he needs to tell. Let's tell a different story and help his family a different way. The boy later goes to find his family and tell them that he failed in his task, but instead comes across the penguin. He apologizes to Cobblepot for all that he's done, And that he sees the bigger story out there now and the people he needs to help. But Penguin tells him that he's wrong. It was never his story. He's just a minor character and kills him. But before we begin, I loved it. I'm going to be honest. I read that on the bus this morning or yesterday morning. I was like, holy shit that he did that that thing with the, the people. It's just, it's not what you think. This was never about him. It's i don't i'm not trying not to use the word deep (laughs) because it's so cliche (laughs) but in a a certain degree it is because it's 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 about the people man it's about the people and the people you don't see and that's why he was in so many different eras because he was always there he was always in the batman stories but he just was never noticed because it's not his story he's just the minor character he's in the background and this story was about the background character at the same time it wasn't it was always about batman because he doesn't matter and it's it shows us like batman tries to help people but he can't help everyone it's another take on that it's it's a lot it's a lot and i loved it for that
0: 8.5 out of 10. it it was a lot and um I don't agree with you guys, or with your assessment now, about uh, about exactly what it was. But I do want to agree with what you both said a few issues back, where you did your best to convince me that this was a metaphor for Gotham. I 100% got that now. Sure. It, it, 100%. Um, one thing I couldn't stand about this book, though, was that the members of the Bat family, just like the first part of the issue... They were all taken out in one-on-one fights with Croc, Scarecrow, and Clayface. That's nuts. But, uh, as far as the boy, he grows up to be a man, and he's dead. Without a name. With nothing but revenge driving him to fulfill his ideas. While I got tired of the story pretty quickly, I think an issue or two longer than the tower to annoy me, but I really enjoyed this last chapter it's like it's like this is Batman it's it's Batman that didn't have the means to go get trained he wanted the same things but he had none of the good influence I feel this is almost like Gotham's version of Superman Red Sun. and I couldn't stand any of the issues leading up to it but this one I did like I'm glad it's over for sure but it, I think it ended in a good way Um, I gave it a 7.75 out of 10.
2: Yeah, I I think Rob had called it a few issues back, a while back maybe, where he would said, you know, this is the story of a boy raised by Gotham, which is, you know, now you really get it. Um, But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's an interesting idea, um, and I think this was a a satisfying wrap-up, but much like the first story, I, I just... I, I don't understand why it had to be 12 parts or why. It, I mean, I, I understand why it went through all the different eras of Gotham. I thought that was a good way to tie it all together in this this last chapter. Like, okay, I, I get it. I get why you did that, but I just, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just a a personal thing, but, like, if you don't have a good reason to stretch it out to 12 issues, then don't do it. Like, you don't have to, right? Like, if you can tell the same kind of story in 10 or 8 or even 6 parts, do that but don't feel like you have to hit that 12 number because that's a satisfying number, otherwise it's just wasting time um, and so I, I think that for me is just going to be the flaw of the story overall because there are chapters that are pretty good and chapters that are utterly forgettable and chapters that are somewhere in between um, and ultimately it just kind of creates a mixed you know bag of, of story overall so um, yeah, it just, again, I, I, I wish that you could just kind of cut out the unnecessary parts, stick to the essential parts, and then have a story that functions really well. But, you know, I guess people just want to hit that magic 12 number. So, um, But yeah, this uh, one yes. also got a 7.5 for me. Um, not bad. Again, a, kind of a solid wrap-up. But um, as a whole, the story felt like it could have and, and really should have been uh, much shorter.
0: Now that said, while I do not believe that Shadow of the Bat will read better in a trade, I don't think there's much of anything other than a rewrite that could really make that better. Because, um, well, I'm, you know, Nathan said that there's emotion, there's grit, there's detective work. He, he, it's one of his favorite Batman runs in in, uh, in current times, and I, I. I don't see any of that. I see, I see none of that. I don't. I didn't get emotionally involved in this story whatsoever. Every Bat family member looks like a dumbass. They all seem inept. Everybody gets their asses kicked until Batman shows up and saves the day. Now, I don't know Literally. if that's because, Mer- Mer- yeah. And I don't, I don't know if that's
2: like where, where did Nightwing yep. go? He's like gone. He got his ass
0: kicked. <laughs> Yeah. After the that after the
2: eleventh chapter, he's he just disappeared. He's well, he's not a, even a factor he's in the story. story all of was
1: broken ribs.
0: I I see, guess I, so. I yeah. This is this is gonna sound horrible, but what? Uh, and this is gonna sound really horrible and accusatory, but it it's almost like, forgive me, guys, for saying this, but it's almost like Tamaki was writing not for a Batman story, but against all the Bat family stories that are out there that are outselling hers. And that's maybe. a little
2: sad. Yeah, maybe.
0: Yeah. But it's that's just... Kind of like, fucked up.
2: I just... I think I think of Nightwing especially because Nightwing has felt like, you know, the crux of this story, like the one who is trying to hold it all together and has really been trying to get to the bottom of the mystery with Oracle and Batwoman. And seemingly isn't even a part of the last chapter of this story. He's just gone. And, and I, I feel like that is so emblematic of the story as a whole. Really, the Bat family in this story as a whole, where they're like, they they, I'm going to put it as simply as I possibly can. They don't know what the fuck to do without Batman. Really, that's it, where they're just like, they're scrambling and they're incompetent and... I'm going to say it kind of pathetic um, where they just they're like, oh, uh, what do we do? We don't used. know how to handle it. Yeah, we we're uh, we're just kind of running around hoping we can figure this tower thing out. Um, and then it all, you know, hits the fan. And then thankfully, Batman comes in gliding on the bat wing and is able to take out the crashers. No problem. Makes his way to the top of the tower and, you know, has no problem dealing with everything else. And it's just like they 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 come across as so pathetic. It's it's almost laughable.
0: But, yeah, (coughs) agreed. We aren't quite done in Gotham yet.
1: No, we are not. Um, No. Take that as you will. Unfortunately, fortunately, it's up to you. You're the reader. If you love Gotham, not even the people of Gotham love Gotham. Like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't that the truth. Yeah, so we're, we're going to take a look at the one Bat family character that did not make it into Shadows of the Bat, and that's good old Jason Todd in Task Force Z. And that's going to be brought to us by Josh.
2: There you go. <laughs>
0: Task Force Z number six, as a matter of fact, written by Matthew yeah. Rosenberg, drawn by Jack Herbert beautiful by the way colored by adriana lucas lettered by rob lee with that super cool super cool though mostly misleading cover by eddie Barros, iber fiera and adriana lucas too uh this is a back and forth with current events picking up from last issue while getting a lot of i guess you could say origin story of task force, task force x I'm not going to handle them page by page because it's annoying to say "and here" over and over again. Now back to this. All right. Now back to this. So I'm just going to do one at a time, and let's start with the origin part. It takes place months ago. In a secret lab, the team behind the Lazarus resin pills have finally done it. The trial worked, and the doctor is celebrating. Resurrection Man and B- Resurrection Man, when his clones, and Bloom are highly disinterested. Uh, Resurrection Man, because he's, well, he's Resurrection Man, so he's, a, he's full of arrogance. Having the power to come back <laughs> to life himself, knowing that they couldn't have made the pills without him. I mean, that's Resurrection Man. Bloom, on the other hand, is curious as to why he should celebrate specifically. Bloom asks if he'll be free to go. He's told no. At, he asks if he'll get some of the money no can he have a glass of champagne like the doctor is drinking no <laughs> the scientist admonishes them for not wanting to make, the, make it a day to remember even after all the nose. and Mr. Bloom says that's a good idea and then blows up the damn lab <laughs> way to go Mr. Bloom nothing like a little bit of domestic terrorism to make your point all of the work is gone destroyed Mr. Bloom is missing as are uh, the two resurrection man clones but he's still there and he comes back to life after a giant piece of concrete is lifted off of him Bloom meanwhile is across town at Senator O'Connor's home with two with the two clones of resurrection man with him I'm losing my ability to, to to talk guys um, Bloom says he knows he's fallen on hard times since losing his office, and presents him with a briefcase full of motivation. I mean, cash. Later, we see the senator with Two Face introducing him to what the Lazarus resin can do by demonstration. Why recruit Harvey Dent as a leader? Because he is the poster boy for second chances, and they believe that he will be able to get the attention of a, of Amanda Waller for them. Showing Waller that the resin works and offering her all of the credit for it, Waller agrees as long as they had have a pretty face at the forefront. And that's where Jason Todd comes in. Harvey says we can do it, but Waller, we need you to bring him in. And that takes us all the way up to current day. Now, for the current day stuff, it does pick up right from last issue. Deadshot's head was blown clean off. Can't bring them back if the brain is fully destroyed, it seems. Red Hood, which begs the question, I guess Bane landed feet first when he fell from the 30-story building? But, you know, that's a different story. Uh, Red Hood is still hanging next to him, uh, the, the headless Deadshot. He's beaten up pretty badly. Of course, he's talking smack to KG Beast while Bane and Mr. Freeze distract him. Todd frees himself and attacks. Bane nearly kills KG Beast until Red Hood tells him to quit. That's when KG Beast has a bomb on his belt and decides that he's going to set it off. But Jason tells Freeze in a quick second decision to make an ice shield, and he does it just in time. Afterward, they scoop up KG Beast's course. They, uh, They lost Deadshot to being brainless. Sundowners split, and Man-Bat's head is gone. So the team is uh, down a few members. On their way back to the headquarters, Batman starts tailing them uh, pretty aggressively. Jason jumps out to try to get Batman to leave them alone, but Bruce isn't having it. Uh, they argue while they fight, of course, as they tend to do. Jason, uh, Jason saying like he always does. Batman wasn't there for him when he needed him, and now he's trying to make things right. Bruce saying, if they're such a good team, why did they leave him behind? And that's when Two-Face says that they haven't, and they didn't. They're standing on the sidelines waiting to see if Jason needs him. Jason finishes up the whole confrontation with saying, You can fight us all and try to take us to Blackgate, but there's really bad shit happening and that they have to stop. And he says, and I quote, Will you please just get the fuck out of our way? Love it. <laughs> I, I, I guess he says yes because he's gone and next we see uh, Task Force Z back at their headquarters and their lab is destroyed. The Resurrection Man clones are there and tell Jason that it was destroyed by Bloom and a small army that he had with him, and that they work for Powers International. Nothing ever good comes from powers international the lab is trashed the resin is all gone nearly the whole team is dead and that includes senator o'connor i think i agree with two faces assessment of the situation here when he says we're screwed then they go to the wall then they go to waller's office and she's gone two face asks jason if he agrees with the aforementioned statement uh, he made about being screwed and jason replies with Almost. It seems Waller knew about everything that was happening, as is typically the case, but Jason has a plan. Kill Mr. Bloom. This book is ridiculous. In fact, the whole series is. But that is half of what I love about it. The art is amazing. It's a really cool story. It is still confusing to me about whether or not this is main continuity. To me, it is. Bane is a zombie, but Waller has disappeared. It could be on Earth 3. So I, I, I just don't know. It's a damn good question. And in a very rare occurrence, I really don't care. And this, this was a lot uh, for what was like, what, 25 pages or so of content. It, yeah. But it didn't feel rushed or crammed into it for me at all. I I, I, I like the book. I'm continuing to like the book. And I gave it an 8 out of ten. It
2: It is in continuity, I believe. Um, you know, based on the whole Lazarus Resin subplot. Because, you know, that's coming straight from Robin and, and other stuff. Um, right?
0: Then well, why is Bane yeah, a zombie this... but not a zombie in the Joker book?
2: Well, I guess we'll have to find out. Gotta keep reading to find out. Um, there's two so bays you'll, you'll get your answer at some point yeah you'll get your answer at some point
0: um, uh, yeah no isn't Jocko uh, Williamson writing the Joker book
2: uh, no that's James Tynan
0: oh that's Tynan okay <laughs>
2: yeah alright yeah um, yeah no so uh, this issue was good but I can definitely see where parts were convoluted like and I don't know it's 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 weird. Um, but I definitely feel like trying to create more mystery on more mystery because already the mystery of well, you know what what exactly is Task Force Z about, and how do they start and where do they get this funding from? And you know we revealed it was Amanda Waller, but you know we weren't really clear who and and all that stuff and I can definitely see where some of the messier parts are coming from, but I, I do feel like this issue at least attempted to bring some clarity into that. So at the very least if if you have to if you have to try and like, I don't know, identify anything, it seems like right now Mr. Bloom is behind everything. That that seems to be what they're they're insinuating. Not even really insinuating, just kind of straight up saying like yeah Mr. Bloom is kind of behind it all um he's the, he's the boogeyman that's been orchestrating events so far, but why We don't really know um as for the characters, uh, I don't know I just this feels a lot of the stuff with with Jason and Batman in this issue just just this issue really feels wildly inconsistent, considering we just had a story. Where they were like, okay, we're putting aside our differences, and we're trying to forge a new path forward, and I'm not really going to be as stubborn and dickish as I had had been in the past, and I'm really going to try and make an effort to be a part of the family and work with Bruce. And here you have him basically saying, nah, fuck off, I don't want anything to do with you, you don't respect me, you don't love me as much as Dick and anything else, and it's like, but we just... Like I read that story not even a year ago. Um, right. I don't know. It just it it felt wildly inconsistent with the story that we just had with Jason and Bruce to immediately no. go back on that and say no, they're against each other
0: again. Well, in 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 defense of that, Bruce did roll up on Jason with Two Face, Mister Freeze, and Bane. Zombie. Yeah,
2: that's bad. Why why did he do that? Like, he sent Jason on this mission because he trusted him. So if you have this new level of trust, why are you suddenly having doubts if you just excised those doubts? I just, something about that was so inconsistent and and felt like it was trying to, I don't know. Felt like it was trying to do the whole, oh, you don't believe in me moment and why can't you just trust me moment again when we just had that. Like, you don't have to reaffirm that. We already know. Um, and and I don't know. It just like that that part just really bothered me because it was like it it feels like they're going back on something that we just got past, and and it, to me it felt kind of like character regression. So um, I, I was not a fan of that. The rest of the story stuff I think is still pretty interesting, but um, I just the character stuff with with Jason and Batman really threw me, and and I just I was I was confused and quite frankly a little annoyed um, by that. Just you know, kind of character regression, I guess. So, um, but otherwise the art was fine story while messy in places, at least was attempting to give answers, which I appreciated. So um, I didn't really have any other problems. So I gave it a seven and a half out of 10. Fair enough.
1: Yeah. Uh, I didn't have a lot to say about this one. Um, There felt like, I kind of felt like an in-between issue, but honestly, for the whole book so far, the whole series it has no business being this good. I, I wasn't one hundred percent sold on the idea. Like, if if you came to me two years ago and you said, "Yeah, no, there's there's going to be a book in a year. that's going to start Jason Todd leading a team of a whole bunch of Batman villains that died in the the next year." And they're zombies, and the whole thing is funded by Two Face. I'm, i really, like, you're fucking stupid. That's not gonna That'd happen. I'd be like,
0: no, you're fucking high. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you need rehab, and... homeboy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Jesus, it's, it's just so good. I love it. Um, yeah, even the first few issues, I was kind of on the fence, but issue six, I'm just sold. I'm happy it's an ongoing. It's, it's easily the runaway book of the year so far which is kind of weird to say because we're on the third month in issue six but i guess in the last six months it's been fun and it looks like it's going to some interesting places you had a nice little moment i say nice little moment with uh jason and bruce just trying to find that mutual respect um which is kind of odd considering the character development we had in batman urban legends at the beginning of that series I feel yeah. like that that whole storyline is just going to be ignored, which is a shame because that that gave a lot of growth to that relationship. But hopefully, we get the same level out of this book. Uh, Eight point five for this issue. It is very informative for what's going on with the the team and this organization and the, the history of it all. And now KG Beast is involved. Also, KG Beast was in.
2: Nightwing. Nightwing, yeah. yeah. So that is another kind of weird inconsistency. Thing. Uh,
1: thing about Bane, though, at the end, when they, they had all the photos there, all the photos had names, but Bane's photo just said, who is this? Which leads me to believe that one of these Banes is not who they say they are. That maybe there is but two it's... different Banes, and we'll maybe. find out three years from now, written by Jeff Johns. The three beains.
0: Oh my god, that would (laughs) I would
2: like just snap my neck. The three (laughs) banes shoot me.
0: I mean, technically, there are if you count vengeance. Yeah, Um,
1: at least that one. Kind of that made Brandon groan. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Well, oh, that's enough for Task Force Z. So we're gonna go from one Robin all the way to I sorry, I had to get in one in there. I've been I've been hiding it all episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh so we're, so we're gonna go from one Robin all the way to another Robin, the latest Robin for now. And Brandon's gonna give us the skinny
0: on that one. Definitely the I one with indeed. the coolest outfit.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that's debatable, but anyway, uh, this is Robin number 12, um, written, of course, by Joshua Williamson, with art from Roger Cruz, or pencils from Roger Cruz, inks from Norm Ratmond, colors from Luis Guerrero, and letters from Tripp Terry. This is the coda to the Lazarus Tournament. Um, everyone is, is going their own way. Um uh and uh, you know, trying to figure out what to do next and uh Damien in particular is thinking about heading back to Gotham. It's been a while and it's it you know, might be nice to uh to get back to the you know, the old stomping ground. Um so he has a little kind of parting conversation with Connor Hawk before making his way off of Lazarus Island, uh kind of solidifying that dynamic between the two and I sincerely hope we get to see them together again. I hope this is not the last we see of Connor Hawk. That would be absolutely tragic. Um, Yeah, we're still holding out for Hawk and Robin. We're still holding out for Hawk and Robin or Green Arrow. Please, dangling that carrot for a while. And uh, I'm I'm just, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that book. I'm waiting for another Green Arrow book. We all are. Um, Mm -hmm. But. In the meantime, I guess we'll just have to settle for the uh, Green Arrow appearances where we can get them. Uh, but meanwhile, back on Lazarus Island, Talia and Raish are wrapping things up, taking away Mother's Soul, um, who is screaming all kinds of crazy shit about the demon and this and that. And uh, Talia is not having any of it, um, but is, is more focused on rebuilding her empire um, and the Leviathan Empire in the wake of the tournament, um, specifically hoping to bring in Damien, um, who she had kind of pushed away uh, for the meantime, um, but is now focused on bringing the family back together again. Um, But before she can make her own way off of Lazarus Island, she discovers that her means of travel has been, uh, shall we say, borrowed uh, by her Rather mischievous son um, who decides to uh, take the airship for a little ride back to Gotham City, going back to the city in style, I would say um, and, uh, and and flying back uh, and as he makes his way back to Gotham realizes that a lot of things have changed. Uh, a lot of things are different about Gotham since he's been away. The city is different. Batman is away dealing with abyss and we all know how that went. the family, Well, I guess he didn't really have time to check in with the family, but Arkham Tower at this point has been erected, um, and I guess the family is still at this point getting ready to deal with everything there. We all know how that's going to go, considering we just talked about it for 15 minutes, but Damien, uh, in his time back in Gotham, decides to pay a little visit to the grave of Alfred Pennyworth, uh, tying us back to the cliffhanger in last month's issue where wielding a vial of Lazarus resin, he contemplates bringing back Alfred Pennyworth only to struggle with his demons just a little bit more uh, and uh, is is really dealing with the hallucination of Damien or something like that, um, who is, is really evil challenging Damien. him on... Yeah, evil ooh, Damien ooh, ooh, ooh. dressed in...
0: Damien, dark. Oh? Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, well... Different character, but yeah. Yeah. Not 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 that Damien Dark, um, from Titans. Um but uh yeah, no dealing dealing with his demons literally, uh as he fights the ridiculously dressed uh demon version of himself who is calling him all sorts of names and chiding him on being an embarrassment to the Bat family and everyone else. He's a weapon, he's this, he's that Um, before finally getting the upper hand and realizing that maybe bringing back Alfred is not the right thing to do, that this version of Alfred would just be a monstrous, horrible version, as we have now learned, uh, that the Lazarus Pits do bring you back, uh, but in quite demonous, villainous ways, um, which I have to say, I was very, very pleased to see. They did not bring back a hackneyed Alfred, and I think that was just a great point of grace. Yeah, it was a was great point of growth for Damien and just moving on, mm-hmm. saying, like, Alfred is gone, yes, but, you know, I've I've made my peace with that. And I always miss him, but I don't need to bring back a zombified corpse of him. Um, Talia shows up, of course, you know, in, in a moment where Damien seems to be really low. Um, and and Damien in particular is not having any of that shit um, and challenging Talia to a fight, stating that... Uh, You and my father have corrupted me so much that I don't even want to have children because the cycle of never-ending violence and trauma that you've put me through would only corrupt any future children that I could have. I hate you, and you've ruined my life and all the other angsty stuff that you say to your parents when you're a teenager. Um, But I think it's kind of justified in Damien's case considering the life he's had. Um, but that's when Talia reveals that he's not here to give Damien the beat down or try and spank him for being an insolent child, but in fact recruit him to the Leviathan cause and welcome him back into the Algol Empire as mother and son, um, which is a bit of a surprise, I-, I have to say. I mean, seeing Talia put her empire back together is, is certainly no surprise, but seeing her put back her empire with her family was Definitely a a bit of a shock to me. I would have thought that's something that she would have done all on her own, but I guess she needs the Al Ghouls, all the Al Ghouls, for what's coming next, and we all know what's coming next with Shadow War. Uh, We're not quite done yet. We have a little epilogue uh, before we wrap. Um, Actually, two epilogues, really. One concerning Flatline, who has made her way back to Japan with Lord Deathman, and we reveal that her little fling with Damien was not quite as... uh, not quite as, as whimsical as we thought it was, as uh, she reveals some ulterior motives behind that romance, uh, in the form of the heart that she stole from Damien, the heart that Lord Deathman will be using, um, given it's uh you know uh, given that it, it contains the uh, the blood of the demon and all that stuff. Um our second epilogue Flashes back to Mother Soul, again now in the custody of the Al Ghouls Reveals that, and I had to roll my eyes at this one. Um, that <laughs> the great Raish Al Ghul, corrupted by the Lazarus Pits, is dying. Um, and I was like, "Oh Lord, here we go again."
0: That's never happened um,
2: before. It's yeah. never happened before. Uh, recycled plot threads. We. Been here before, um, and it wasn't very interesting <laughs> the first time. And to be well, honest, I don't know dying. how interesting, yeah, I don't know how interesting it is this time. Um, this was a great issue, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10, but that second epilogue uh, was like, oh, I don't even care. Um, we all know Raish is gonna die, so this whole dying subplot really means nothing in the grand scheme of things. The only revelation that I really cared about was. You know, the Lazarus Pit has kind of that deadly curse on anyone who uses it. That was kind of a shock. But late, really? Rache dying is like, yeah, no, Rache dying was like, uh, whatever. Like, we've done this before. Raish has gotten sick before, and he's probably going to get
0: brought back again. Like, who cares? Um, but other the than the that, Lazarus I had no problems. Possibly driving people mad has kind of been a thing for a while.
2: No, the madness thing that that wasn't surprising. It was the the curse of the Lazarus pits that I guess people who use them are sick now. Um are, are, uh, yeah. are curse. Not not with madness, but with, you know, sickness and disease. Um So that was that was you're, definitely you're dying you know, uh, just really yeah. slowly. Yeah, essentially. Um So yeah, it's uh yeah, it's uh, good Good stuff all around, but that, that last epilogue was kind of like, eh, Raish is dying, whatever. Um, but yeah, good art, good story, really great stuff for Damien, as usual, great character work, and uh, the series as a whole has been phenomenal, um, and I really dig it. So, like I said, 8.5 for me.
0: I gave it an 8.5 myself. Um, I don't know about YouTube, but this went by in a blur. Normal-sized issue, but it felt like five pages, which to me is a pretty damn good sign of a good book. It marks a pointed turn in Robin's path, and though I was thrown a bit with when the editor's box said it took place right before Shadow of the Bat, him leaving with Talia later on after that explains his absence away from Gotham. I'm really glad that we didn't get a resurrected Alfred, like Brandon said. Uh, that would not have worked out at all, at least not for me. Now, what comes from the Algul family coming together as a family, and what in the hell is Lord Deathman, which also just horrible name. But what what is what is he going you to do? You shut your with mouth. Damien's he's got a heart? great name. Uh, yeah, he's got a great name. His name is a is about as great as Clown Hunter. Um. Also, poor Damien. the only person that he's allowed to become a friend of his, and it definitely looks like she's not exactly his friend. Uh, I thought this was a hell of a book. The art is really good. Um question about the art though, though did Flatline always have those skull like exaggerated facial features around her eyes nose and cheeks because I, I don't remember that in yes. any of the previous books up until now she did uh-huh. okay all right but in any case it was I thought it was a great issue again I gave it an 8.5 uh, yeah I
1: if this was the last issue i i wouldn't be mad i'm not saying that the i hate the book i love the book i'd be mad the book is done but the story so far just with this issue seemed really well wrapped up and from now we're going to the next chapter damien had great growth uh wonderful character development throughout the the first i guess this is the whole story arc um So to wrap up the Lazarus Tournament storyline, I think, is really well done. And if that was the end of the book, I'd I'd be satisfied. But I am happy it's continuing. Great art. I'm also happy they didn't bring back Alfred as sad and hard as that is to say. Because Alfred is everyone's favorite character. Who hates Alfred, really? And (laughs) it still hurts that he's not around. But that's also a metaphor for life it's it's going to hurt for a while
0: i'm in That's another discord other than ours and a guy was asking for comic book current comic books uh runs that uh, that are excellent and that should read and i said nightwing but how long have you not read a batman book and he said in about 6 or 7 years i was like well <laughs> If you start Nightwing up at issue number 78, it is an absolute gem. It's a great series. But you're going to have a bomb dropped on you. Yeah. <laughs> poor Alfred. Still a poor, name, poor Alfred.
1: It. Poor, mm-hmm. poor Alfred. Tom King is one of the worst villains in DC Comics history. A. <laughs> yeah.
0: <Fuckity. laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: Uh, as for this issue, though, I, I'll give it an eight point seven five. Solid run so far. Solid story. Uh, I'm a sucker for Damian Wayne for spell. He was my favorite Robin, and this book is definitely bringing him back into that uh, that regard. I don't think for any Damian solo book, I don't think there's been a bad one yet. No, at least for yeah, me. Not that I can I've think of them all.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think of one. I'm usually good at finding something to complain about, but (laughs) (coughs) I think you're right. I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I can come up with a a bad Damien solo or, 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 nope.
1: They've all been pretty good. Even that four issue mini with uh, him in the future where he was Batman. That wasn't bad. Oh yes.
2: Son of the something, son of the bat. Oh, yeah, son of the bat. Son of the bat was it? Oh, okay. yeah.
0: yeah, or All, something. AKA like trench coat Batman.
2: Yeah, that or might might have been him. son of Batman. I forget. Um, yeah,
0: it <laughs> could be. Yeah, but um, anyway. So we're not quite done with the after effects of the the, the Lazarus tournament, huh?
1: we are not Not there is another main character from that tournament who ran away actually two of them and they ran off to zandia there i was looking for the title uh the name of the country or city wherever they went it's deathstroke number seven this one is also brought to us by joshua williamson with art from steven segovia colors from hi-fi letters from steve wands and a cover from howard porter and hi-fi The Ravager and Respawn, fresh from Lazarus Island, have located Slade in Zandia, where he has his new base of operations as the king of all supervillains. They infiltrate the building that they have taken as their base and sneak around until caught by Slade himself. He goes to fight Respawn, angry for taking the costume that he has, and rips off his mask to reveal... Damien's face... Da, 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 but with green eyes right. and Slade's trademark mm-hmm. well, Yeah. hair. Uh, so as it turns out, Respawn is actually one of Damien's many clones. God only knows how many clones there really was. But he was cloned by Raish in secret using Slade's DNA instead of Batman's. I really left to be tortured and harvested one. for organs, mm-hmm. he lived a horrible life, but always survived due to his limited healing factor due to Slade's DNA. Slade now takes one look at him and just gives him a hug. Seeing his lost son Grant in Respawn has given Slade a new sense of family, a sense that Ravager doesn't like. She doesn't like what Slade is doing now with the secret society and thinks there's something wrong with him. She asks Respawn to come with her, but he instead attacks her and throws her out the window. And Respawn then goes to join Slade in his next mission, kill Raish al Ghul. Meanwhile, at the Legion of Doom, Lex is back from his <laughs> stint in Badnesia. <laughs> I've been practicing that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, uh, so Lex is back from a stint in Badnesia and gets a call from the Legion. Uh, Cheetah has filled them all in on what Slade is doing, and they agree they need to do something. Luther, however, thinks that they should see what Slade does first. I am just excited for everything that's coming. I, I'll admit I did not see that respawn reveal coming. I, I had a quick theory yeah, too yesterday or Monday, whenever it was that popped into my head and I was like this kind of makes sense if, if maybe, but it's a bit of a stretch. And it turns out it was a, damn. Um
2: You were right on the money. I, I mean, it
0: definitely makes yeah. sense to me, man. The the cockiness, the smart aleckness of of respawn. Um Yeah. Just mm-hmm. it yeah. I mean looking back it totally makes sense and and thinking about that when when we saw him take his mask off from behind him, we saw the white hair. every single one of us went grant that's Grant, yeah, yeah. yeah but I, none of us I, put that personality we... match together, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah no was I, was, I was i was I was definitely was
2: gunning short. pretty hard for oh sorry no yeah, i was I was done, oh. <laughs> No, I I, I was just going to say, I I was definitely gunning pretty hard for Grant just with the whole Ravager connection and, um, you know, him raiding Grant's locker and everything. And I, I figured it was, you know, the white hair was some kind of reaction to the Lazarus pits. Maybe he'd been brought back by the League of Lazarus to kind of fuck with Deathstroke or something. I I had a bunch of theories of of how it could have been Grant, but um this one I, I, I genuinely didn't see coming. Um especially mm-hmm. how he was created, um, which, you know, I'll I'll mention a little bit later. But um sorry, I, I, I interrupted you.
1: I know, that's fine. I think we were just we were going on our tangent now. <laughs> um <laughs> I, I do wanna say technically, it was still Grant. And I made this joke in, in the Discord, it, but I want to bring up your theory now, that the the evidence you've <laughs> compiled that you found, it's not Grant Wilson, it's Grant Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> and you found some, some pretty hefty stuff. You might not I, be the only yeah. person in the world that's put these pieces together, but damn, you found quite the mystery here.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, sh- should I mention that, or...? I was going to mention it briefly, well, but yeah. I guess I can. Yeah. Um, okay, well, um, I, I've been keeping a little list, uh, as I want to do, since Infinite Frontier started, um, because I'd noticed a couple things that um, for people who have, let's just say, read a good number of, of Grant Morrison's books, and for those people in the audience who probably... Rolling your eyes by now because you're tired of me mentioning Grant Morrison. Yes, I'm a big fan. Yes, I'm very familiar with their work. We get it. We know. Um, but I, I just I couldn't help myself, and so I, I noticed a couple things towards the beginning of Infinite Frontier, and I began to keep a list, and that list was pertaining to certain ideas, characters, story plots, storylines that Morrison had uh created or mentioned in the past that had been resurging lately and um the sort of commentary between all of them was it seemed that Joshua Williamson was using a lot of these plots um and i i it was a couple at first and i was like okay maybe it's just you know maybe it's just a fad but then that list started to grow and grow and grow and now it's become not super long but there's quite a few na- uh, quite a few Uh, things on that list to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm starting to sense a pattern here of you really seem to like a lot of plot threads from Grant Morrison. Um, Now, how does this relate to Deathstroke, Inc.? Um, Number seven, well, immediately, like uh, almost the moment I saw that panel um, of Respawn kind of explaining his origin of being one of the numerous Damien clones that was attempted... Um, you will remember uh, from your time reading Batman Incorporated number 13 in the New 52 if you that plot line. And, and if, if you didn't, yes, please <laughs> go out and read it. Um, but if you did, uh, you will remember the kind of strange ending to Batman Incorporated number 13 following, you know, that whole uh, monologue from Gordon of, you know, Batman will never end, it probably never will, that whole thing. Really kind of somber, melancholy end that, you know, sort of details how batman's life will repeat itself endlessly and then you have that sort of weird ending where you know uh reveals his plot to have a thousand damien clones and you're like what the what that was weird um and and seemingly went unexplained i guess until you know I, i assume joshua williamson read it in 2013 and said one day I can do. Something now we're with here. That. I, can. I can do something with that, and now we're here. Um, because I saw that immediately. I was like, "Yep, Batman Incorporated number thirteen. That figures." Um, and and I knew like right from the second. And you can go to that issue and see that panel is it's not exactly the same, but it's very very similar. So, um, Respawn's origin is kind of embedded in that issue of of I have all these Damien clones and. I have a plan to do something with them um only now i guess you know josh williamson decided to tie that into deathstroke and um have a little mini deathstroke clone um which i i actually don't mind like i you know i i no, i think it's a cool that, idea man yeah I, I can see that some people are probably gonna be like uh well you know he's just a clone what does it matter but i don't know there, there's something about like Deathstroke essentially having his own Damien, because that—that's really what he is, um, you know, his, his sort of clone son that um, is kind of following his example and and um, wants to work with his father. That I don't know, kind of works for me, um, and you can certainly understand why Deathstroke wants someone like Respawn in his life, given that he's you know still kind of upset over Grant and how he failed to be a good father to him. So. I, I actually didn't really mind that. I thought it was kind of an interesting setup, and uh, I'll be interested to see how that all pays off in Shadow War and everything.
0: Yeah, ca- Character-wise, it makes sense for both of them. Um, as far as Slade goes, he lost his son. He's going to wrap his arms around anything that might replace him, as sad as that sounds. And given that this this kid, who we don't have a name for yet, um, if he ha- if he even has one, uh if he is Damien's clone and Damien has serious parent issues, and at the bottom of the most of his rage is the fact that he feels abandoned by both of them and i i you you get a lot of that from from this character too, so having them match up and having that connection that Damien and Bruce don't have. It, it it solidifies it, and it makes me worry for the DC universe at large because that could be a very bad team up.
2: I agree, and I, I actually I have to commend um, Williamson on something. It, it's it's a small moment, and it, it it might even go unnoticed by by some people, but it was just I thought it was just really great character work um, for Rose Wilson. It's kind of a small moment towards the end where, um, you know, uh, Slade is like, Respawn, you're here, my son. We can, you know, we can, we can have you and I can have you, Rose, and I can have Wintergreen and, and Joey and I can bring us all together and Adeline and we can all be a family again. Um, but really, he's, uh, you know, initially he's talking to, to Respawn and he's like, i just, I miss Grant and I want to have that person in my life. And Rose is immediately like, No. Um, And I thought that was just such a great bit of character work because, and I don't know if it was a direct Mm -hmm. callback, but I like to think it was um, because Rose obviously, you know, before becoming Ravager, or really on the path to becoming Ravager, kind of had the same thing happen to her where Deathstroke came to her and was like, I'm your father and, you know, I want to be there for you, you know, as your father and you know, I, I wanna raise my daughter and she went through that whole thing before, you know, she was embraced by the Teen Titans in the Jeff Johns Teen Titans run. Um so the fact that, you know, she kind of went through her whole, you know, deal with Slade and eventually rejected him and his horrible um ways was just a really great way of of kind of showing how she's changed as a character without explicitly saying it like she didn't have a monologue where she's like oh uh, you know i've been through this before and it's like yeah yeah we know but it, like immediately she's just like nope i already know this don't do this again um because i've been there and it would be a mistake for you to fall into that trap and i was like that was that was a really great way of like kind of acknowledging all that Rose has been through in her past without having to be, you know, super explicit about it and just kind of like, you know, saying like, yeah, Rose has come a long way in her path um, while being Ravager and, and certainly doesn't want to see Deathstroke fall into that pitfall again and, you know, corrupt another um, child's life. So I, I, I have to give, I don't know if it was an explicit reference to that, but I like to think it was, and I have to give Williamson credit for that. That was That was a good way to show that Rose has come a long way.
0: Yeah, it was. And even if it wasn't intentional, it it, it was really good. Um, the issue was great, man. I didn't see it coming at all. Uh, it's good art. It's, it's, it's great art. It's one hell of a twist. It'll be really interesting to see where this Damien's Brother deal goes with Deathstroke. Because, again, that whole unified, missing familial factor that we are missing from Damien and Bruce isn't here. They instantly want to be with each other and obviously Deathstroke is not going to pull back on his plans anymore so him having a little uh a, a, a mini Deathstroke <laughs> uh, is and his whole army of supervillains going on right now things are going to get pretty gnarly for the DC Universe man. Um makes sense no wonder he didn't want robin to see his face that would have been bad uh i i this is definitely the best issue in the run so far and i gave it an 8.5 out of 10 uh
1: yeah if i if i didn't give my scores an eight also solid run um big things happening in the future i think this is also an ongoing right
2: Hope. I believe so. Yeah.
0: I believe yeah, it is. So.
1: Yeah. I'm more than okay with that. <laughs> yeah. How I, can I, you I not be? I, yeah. If I didn't say it before. I'm just excited for everything that's coming up right now. I I'm honestly super stoked for Dark Crisis. Um, and if Brandon's theory is correct, we need to all just take a deep dive into Grant Morrison. Okay. Let me let me. <laughs> we need to smoke some weed and do a deep dive into grant morrison because that's how (laughs) we can like take it all in without going crazy (laughs) um and just look for clues because i think maybe that's that's where all the answers may lie (laughs) because it's i think the past year or two of williamson's writing has been littered with clues and and just references to morrison's work so
0: yep
2: it's it's pretty insane. Let's see uh I'm I'm pulling up my list here. Yeah, Damian Wayne, In Robin, of course, Lord Deathman, Batman Inc., Libra, the Justice Incarnate, uh, the Empty Hand, the Sons of Batman from Batman Incorporated number thirteen in this issue particularly, and then the one that I had I had actually forgotten to write down too, um Prometheus in Deathstroke mm-hmm. Inc. and uh yeah the one that i i had you know completely slipped my mind um but rob pointed out um the hyper clan from uh yeah. justice league future state
0: i could have lived without that one but yeah <laughs> i don't yeah, know it was kind of one. fun to
2: see protex kind of and
0: the and the gang again but
2: uh, <laughs> just, uh protex yeah.
0: sounds like some kind of prostate <laughs> medication
2: <laughs> uh, it it does I will not deny that um, yeah. but there I mean the commentary of, of Protex and the Hyperclan is obvious if you haven't read um, uh, New World Order um, from JLA but um, yeah no they're they, they definitely have very ridiculous 90s sounding names I think one of them is Zoom spelled Z-U with an umlau M um, which is utterly ridiculous but um you know you 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 get what it's trying to say so Uh, i i just thought it was funny to see those characters again
1: the hyper clan sounds like the pharmaceutical company that makes protex (laughs) yeah Yeah. don't forget talk to your doctor or protex is right for you protex So that's Excellent. it for Deathstroke. Uh, we have one but more, but not for children. And uh, no, no, none of this is for children. <laughs>
0: no, I mean yeah, we're not certainly done not with the, the children.
1: No, we're not done with the children. We we may as well look at the mortal enemies of Slade Wilson. Like I, he's got a lot of mortal enemies, but this is the original mortal enemies of Slade Wilson. It's Teen Titans <laughs> yeah. Academy, and I will let Josh tell us all about that.
0: Somehow I ended up with another Earth 3 tie in. I don't know what the <laughs> hell is happening here. But uh written by yourself. Tim Sheridan, drawn <laughs> drawn by Tom Dernick, colors from Peter Pan I, I will never be able to say his last name. Pentazis, I guess. penta I don't know. And Matt Herms, and Letters from Rob Lee. Rafa Sandoval and Alex Sinclair Sinclair gave us the cover on this one. The uh, Teen Titans Academy is still conducting class, albeit in a basement in a safe house. Uh, Matt Stitch and the Brat Pat seems to be calling themselves Young Justice Dark, and they, which I thought was kind of corny and cool at the same time. And they aren't happy with their location. Out of nowhere, a green hair, hand appears to... Uh, uh, here we go. A green hand appears through what appears to be a portal But we don't know who's on the other side of it yet. We are next with Raven looking over the bodies of Changeling and Cyborg, looking very sad after hearing some news from the Doctor, leaving her to make a very hard decision. Greg the Gorilla and the unfortunately named Cybra, like bruh B R U H. (laughs) Oh, what the fuck were you thinking, guys? I'm saying. Uh, he he looks like he's supposed to be a younger version of Cyborg. He's got more tin on him. But they show up where Raven is at. After they ask, Raven tells them that they are losing both of them and that there's nothing they can do now but make them comfortable. Greg has an idea, though, because he's a proficient, proficient engineer and a telepath, which seems like uh, insufficient skill set here. But apparently his idea is so sound, That Star Labs offers him an internship. Raven says that most of her visions aren't true, but she thinks Greg's idea is how they can save both of them. Uh. Wally walks in, and it's confirmed. They are merging Gar and Victor. Uh, Dick brings up looking for Red X, to which Arsenal says, I thought he was dead. And then everyone stops and turns and looks at him, just stares. I thought that shit was funny. Uh, they, they're they like, uh, you're saying that? <laughs> they they talk about security and Arsenal reassures them that though it looks like crap, the safe house has even better security than the tower did. That green hand, by the way, that was Mirror Master and the rest of Rick Flagg's suicide squad and they've just waltzed their way into Roy's super secure safe house. Um... <laughs> You, you, you would think you would think that it would just be common super superhero sense to not have any mirrors around anywhere at all, ever, at any point.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, we're, we're living in the year 2022. For years, we've been able to take selfies, use your phone. <laughs> you don't need a mirror anyway. Um, Flag's squad does not seem to exactly operate like a team. They split up, and it's all because they all just want to go solo. But, hey, you know, stick to the mission. Meanwhile, the Brat Pack is wishing that they could have a skip day. I guess, yeah. <laughs> all right? That's when Kid Flash shows up in a very serious manner, it tells the kids to get back to class, and they call him Hall Monitor. That's when Wally shows up and kind of gives him a bit of grief for the exact same reason. He's also trying out some really, really I wrote down here in my notes ridiculous, but I'm going to say stupid names for Wallace. Wall, Lacey, Wawa. What the fuck? Lacey. Lacey's a girl's name. That doesn't even make sense. I I, I Wallace I, Lacey, I mean it doesn't it it, it doesn't even work. And, oh. and for the record, neither does Wawa. He, he tried Al, too. I don't that's I don't a,
2: That's a George Harrison song, Wall.
0: Not, yeah, not that, it doesn't belong <laughs> for Kid Flash. But, but cut to Mirror Master and Bloodsport. Uh, they're breaking into the armory and Arsenal shows up. On the other side of the building, Starfire and Nightwing run into Captain Boomerang. In the cafeteria, Flag walks right up to Flash. Um, Flag shows up, they're all in the same room now, everybody's come together, Starfire says, since when do, since when do, does Miramaster hang out with Bloodsport? Good point. But, um, that's when Flag tells him that his team is actually there to ask the Titans for help. There's a lot of volunteers, but Starfire says only the teachers are going, no students, no younger team, so even Kid Flash has to stay behind. They're all up in the air now. And Flash... He asks Nightwing why Wallace wouldn't come. Couldn't come because he's more than capable. He's been through way worse. Even though they have no idea what they're getting into. And Dick's response was that... This is all too dangerous for kids. Uh, that coming from a dude that's been fighting crime since he was like nine. But in any anyway... <laughs> That's That's when you get to see that the Brat Pack has stowed away on the ship. The art in here is pretty good. The story less so. I feel like there were a lot of unnecessary moments. It stalled out in a lot of spots. It wasn't really necessary to hammer it in that the Brat Pack wanted to go on an adventure and a skip day. I want to say there were like three pages at different times so like one page later on one page later on another page of them of them talking about wanting to skip there's there's no need for that at all that could have been one panel also ladies gentlemen's and everything in between welcome to one of the absolute dumbest story ideas of DC And I couldn't even tell you how long. I mean, I would say recent years, but I think it goes back a bit further than that. Merging Victor and Gar together is like, it's like a pickle and jelly sandwich. Why would you even think about putting that shit together? Yeah. There's, there's... Like an
1: Elseworlds story, maybe, but not main continuity.
0: I wouldn't even consider that for an Elseworlds story. That's insane. I mean, let's be honest, not even Garth Ennis would do that. There's a lot of problems in this one. Uh, nothing said, hey, look at me in this issue. Uh, it, this isn't me being biased because it's an Earth-3 tie tie-in. because there's, like, no Earth-3 in this. It's it's just bad. I I went from loving the Teen Titans Academy while so many other people hated it and it's just slowly started to fall apart. And now it's at the point where, I mean, it's ending. Uh, what, next issue? Or do we have one more after that? It, it's ending, but uh, it's remember. it's been yeah. a very, very significant fall from grace for me. And it's just torpedoed into a bucket of poo. I, I, uh. I originally gave this a 6.5, but I'm going to have to drop it down to a 6 just talking about it again. It is... This is really bad. There's a lot of great characters. There's a lot of good potential. But none of it is pulled off right.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I I also gave it a 6.5. I might keep it there for now. I Definitely when it comes to the overall Warfare 3, the weakest of the parts so far. There's only one part left, if I remember right. Um, so it doesn't look like this is really going to be outshined as the worst part of the story. Uh, the Secret Club was fun. Unfortunately. Young Justice Dark, I think that that's interesting and just that's the, the kind of stuff that draws me to Teen Titans Academy is the stuff with the students and the fun they do and then the you know the clubs and the schoolwork and all that stuff like i think that's interesting and wally as a teacher trying to hang out with wallace a senior student i think that was that was nice um but yeah the nickname stuff was god awful but the rest of it was kind of funny but that's about as far as the fun and good stuff of this issue goes yeah and you have the Rick Flagg's Suicide Squad interacting with the Titans now, but where does this fit in place with Flash number seven hundred and eighty, where Mirror Master had a run in with Wally West? Was this before or after? And like, if it was, it be after. before. Why doesn't Mirror Master and Wally have any connection now? It just doesn't fit very well. It's it's really really weird. And yeah, this, I'm, this I'm, issue, I am really out of
0: place. I'm really not trying to hate on Tim Sheridan this much but again again I I loved this book this this whole series in the beginning and now when I'm when you try when I try and think back of what was a good part what did I love about this book and the only thing that pops into mind is the one that I complained about when it first happened and that was their little spring break greg going yeah, and taking on just god the same thing i i yeah. it, it's the only one that can i can even bring to mind and i complained about it now and now i'm looking back like that's the best fucking thing that happened in this book
1: yeah, yeah. there was no red x there was no like deep dark story there it was just you know, students having some fun and that's the heart and soul of tta is the students and, and their story and their adventure
0: where the hell is black ice at you even remember no. Black eyes? No. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And why do they... So they had that Harley Quinn from Earth-8 joking that uh, you know, she's a, a, a multiverse exchange student. Like, that's a thing. But then they have Cybra, who's from some other Earth as well, and he literally is a multiverse exchange student. It's just a... A little crazy. Especially, yeah, a little. you can really only have one exchange student. I don't know, my, my school never did exchange students as far as I know, but you only have the one, right? If you have Cybra, which, again, god
0: oh, damn, that name.
1: No, I, guess,
0: just, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I my school had more, my school, <laughs> I think the most foreign exchange students we had at one time was five. Oh, okay. But, fair um, enough, you can definitely so. have more than one. Uh, yeah. But um, going forward, can we call that character Cyborg Junior?
1: Well, he had an actual name.
0: I
2: just don't remember what it was.
0: Yep. That seems to be the yeah. case Cy- with the entire fucking run there, buddy.
2: Cyb- Cybro? It's like something like that, right? Cy- no, his... Wait, no. That's that's worse.
0: Cybra <laughs> is the name he had, and that's oh trash. God. Oh,
2: man. That... <laughs> <laughs> that broke me.
0: I'm not gonna. I lie, mean, I'm old me. enough that where bruh is part of my permanent vocabulary, but calling yeah, him Cybruh yeah. is is dumb as shit.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. No. Just. Just no. Exactly. You know what though? We've we've we. Uh, yeah, I feel it too, Brandon. Shit's starting to get heavy. And let you guys want to uh. take a take a turn and and spotlight some good shit.
2: I haven't even given my score. Oh, you yeah, haven't, haven't given
0: your score? My bad.
2: No. I mean it's not anything to speak of. I gave it a five out of ten. Um it's a fair I, score. I, I didn't have any notes about this book except for um hang on. Please God exactly. In. Um <laughs> no, it was something like that. Um I wish I I wish I'd had something like that. Um no, I had two notes. Um, here we go, Beastborg. Um, I had I can't. I wish I could show you, but I don't have it. But it's it's Beastborg. Um, one of those crying emojis, and then a gun next to it. Um,
1: <laughs>
2: and then um, I had uh, the Roy joke actually made me laugh, which was surprising. That's all I had. Yeah,
0: uh, where everybody stopped and looked at him.
2: Yeah. That that yeah, one actually that, got that a laugh at me. Funny. Everything <laughs> me else too. was like, who cares? Yeah. That, that's else why this didn't
0: like... get a fuck you five. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, this this definitely got a fuck you five. It wasn't as bad as twelve, which got a, a no score, um, but it was not great and I um I gotta be honest, I can't say I'm gonna be really sad to see this book go. I've had my issues with this series as a whole, neighborly Red X, um, and it just uh, to be honest, it just has not really been what I wanted it to be is not help catch my attention. And I think I made a joke. I don't know if I said it on here or somewhere else, but it's not a good joke. It, to be honest, it's a very grim joke, but I mean, to people who know the Titans, they know it's true. Um, but I basically said all this book has really done is created a bunch of new cannon fodder for the next event. Um, which I know sounds really mean, but if you're a Titans fan, you know exactly what I mean, and it's probably going to happen. So yeah. let's not even try and act like these characters are not just going to get wiped off the fucking board when you just need to kill a bunch of characters. They did it with the 90s Titans. They did it with some of the Young Justice yeah. characters. They're going to do it with these guys too. I can see it now. Gorilla Greg is going to yeah. get ripped in half by Darkseid or something because they're just like, oh, we need a Titan that's expendable. Greg. Here you go
0: yeah so Yeah. honestly it shouldn't be yeah. Greg I hope it's not Greg but you are yeah, right Greg's cool. no.
2: it's they they're, they're just all the book has supplied is cannon fodder like I, you, you know what? let's be real there's a lot
0: of good characters there's like honestly awesome. guys <laughs> I, I'm 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 fucking putting it out there the whole entire brat pack is expendable with the exception <laughs> of Stitch I like Stitch yeah. I like Summer who's her name is Black Ice and then what's her name with the green oh, hair? Okay. I like that character. I Feel like
2: Alinta, the the Flash character, the uh, Aboriginal yeah. oh, Flash character. Yes. probably will stick yes. around. But She's cool. like, I'm yeah, like Tubi, cool. Dane, Gorilla, Greg. They're cannon fodder. You know they are. They're getting ripped in half by yeah, Superboy well, well, Prime. Just like much gone now anyway. Yeah. Like there. Yeah. I, I just want to
1: know more about Matt Price. I want that mystery to be resolved, and then I can let this book die in peace.
0: <laughs> I don't even really care. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I just want I'm, them to I'm, say, I'm "Yeah, a he's a he, he's uh whatever that fucking alien race is." I don't even remember now. That guy with the that was Green Lantern, Kryptonian powers. Fuck, what are they called? E-wops. Oh,
2: um, um, no, no, no. no I, I know who you're talking about. Um, oh my god. Uh oh no wait he was in um start, the sinestro core war yeah um oh my god daxamites damn it yeah no the daxamites but what was his name though <laughs> yeah. i keep thinking of Monel, but but he, he's a daxamite but he's no. from the legion no yeah. no um i know I, oh I, and he was ion for stint. i don't know Fuck. oh my god no i know exactly who you're talking about <laughs> Fuck. wait a minute wait a minute Dream. okay Sorry, I'm I'm going to Google. That's
1: I'm saying. just going to look up an I'm issue. I'm right now, bud. Don't worry. Sodom wait, Yat. Wait, 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 wait. Sodom Yat.
2: That was it. Damn it. Yeah.
0: Yep. yeah. Damn.
2: I wish he was still in I'm the Green I'm losing my touch. Corps, but... I know. I'm losing my touch, man. Hey, buddy. Hey, but yeah. You're
1: talking to the Green Lantern Corps fan here. I That was a name oh, that stuck uh, in my mind ever since Green Lantern Corps in 2006.
2: Yeah. And I forgot it just now. Oh, I'm man. pissed. I know. a super cool world. character. <laughs> <laughs> no, he he was yeah. a super cool character. It'd be nice to see him. I don't know. He's probably dead now, right? Like killed, like half the core like, anyway. So,
1: last I remember, he'd given up being in the core. He'd given up his ring, and he was just a freedom fighter on Dexam. And that was it. Oh, really? It like a oh. prince or something? I don't remember exactly what the story is, but he was just living oh, on good Dexam. I think he was the the ruler or something. It yeah. was really weird. Yeah. Yeah, it was a shade, far shade from his time as a Green Lantern. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah. Are you yeah. saying being a freedom yeah. fighter is not as cool as being a Green Lantern?
0: Why don't you ask Jon Stewart about that? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, on, not, only is, not only is it not as good, but people draw you dumb. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, um, I tried to refrain from when we were reviewing it when John Stewart was taking up those back half of the issues as Sergeant John Stewart or whatever the fuck we were supposed to call him. Yeah, oh, damn, yeah. he had the uh, biggest ears on any superhero I've seen since Captain Carrot.
2: Yeah, that's a that's a Tom Rainey thing. I I just it was such a weird choice for Green Lantern. I couldn't understand why they chose him, especially after you had like, you know, uh, Ivan Race or like Doug Mankey or. Um, The incredible Rafa Sandoval. And then you have like Tom Rainey who did Stormwatch. And you're like, right? these are not uh, similar books. Don't no, Why would you put them on these Green Lanterns?
0: don't belong here. <laughs>
2: exactly. Um, which is, it definitely made it kind of awkward when I saw Tom Rainey at Terrific I didn't want to say it to his face, but I was like, because I, I, br- I brought a copy of Stormwatch for him to sign. Um, and I was like, "Oh, your work on this was so good." And he's like, "Thanks. You know, I'm doing Green Lantern right now." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I I I know."
0: And I didn't say anything <laughs> else
2: because I, I was like, "Oh, I don't want I don't want to be that guy who's like, yeah, I don't like it cause, and it's really right. awkward."
0: Yeah, then like,
2: huh? <laughs> yeah, then it's like, oh, okay.
0: Cool. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. We've done enough shit talking. Let's talk happy thoughts.
1: Yeah. It's uh it's time for the top 3 and favorite moments if you have one. So, who wants to go first, class?
0: I'll go ahead and go <laughs> first. Uh my top 3 uh the in first place, I had quite a few with the same score. But because of the potential stories going forward, the plot development that happened within it, I'm going to have to pick Robin for part three. Or number three, excuse me. Um, I'm going to give number two to Action Comics and number one to Trial of the Amazon's Wonder Girl. It's gorgeous. You have to look at it for just the pictures at the very least, especially that last page where they're all in their warrior garb. Oh, it's so sick. Oh, yeah, Yeah, that was quite the
2: image. Donna looking badass as hell. I love Donna.
0: I don't
2: know if I've ever said
0: that. I need star pants. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yes. And that
0: stands with the
1: trope that every comic book character gets a black costume at some point. There's four
2: in one go. Yes, yes.
0: It's true. Everybody but blue and gold. Yeah. Um... My favorite moment is i had I had two honestly uh the one page splash of spoiler knocking that woman out in in detective I have not seen her drawn so beautifully, and I don't know how long, but that is just gorgeous, oh yeah,
1: hmm.
0: I would take that in a frame um no, definitely. Man. My f- my 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 part two comes from I a, a, uh, a f- my favorite line in in the books this week, and I don't know why it made me laugh so much, but it was perfect. Joker in the House of Gotham when Batman finds him. Oh, you, wonderful! I was wondering when you'd arrive to save the damsel in distress. I'm the damsel, by the way, and this is distressing. <laughs>
2: that I I was pretty good I
0: laughed as, um, I, I love it that's pretty man. good but uh that's it for mine no <laughs> Brandon what about you
2: oh geez teacher I, I gotta think for a little bit um <laughs> uh let's see yeah no I, I didn't write down my top three um just yet so I'm I'm, I'm kind of thinking off the cuff but for number three, go, go I first, would, I what's that? Oh, no, that's okay. If you want to go first, give you more time. Okay. No, that's okay. Um, no, at number three, I would probably, mm, yeah, actually, you can, yeah, you can go first. I got to think about it a little bit okay. more. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: all right, so my, my number three is Robin, uh, great character development, uh, great to see damien growing up a bit and potentially catching up to john number two i had action comics as just damn number one i had rogues honestly it's a solid first issue i'm super excited i i love the flash villains as a whole they're some more than others the rogues the rogues team it's a fantastic team and the relationship they have with barry is fantastic so i am super excited for this and it was just a breakaway book and my favorite moments honestly the last page of house of gotham it just made me laugh i'm like fuck he actually went there he did it
0: the crazy bastard he did it (laughs) Uh, indeed he did
2: All right, well, now that I've had some more time to think, I I think I know what my top three are for this week. At number three, I would probably put Deathstroke, Inc., number seven. Just kind of a, uh, I would say, pretty satisfying reveal for Respawn, and I'm definitely interested to see where that dynamic between, um, or the dynamic between uh, Deathstroke and Respawn goes next, especially as we go into Shadow War. Number two, I had Robin, number 12. uh, Amazing... You know, wrap up to the League of Lazarus arc, but also setting up some stuff with uh, Damien for the future. And I think just really phenomenal character work for Damien overall. Um, I think Rob said it best, in that, you know, even if this was the end of the book, and, and thank God it isn't, but even if it was, it would have been a really satisfying, you know, story that we got. Um, I would say a good example of how to tell a satisfying 12 issue story. Um, uh, but, uh, let's we won't get into that again. Um, but at number one, uh, I hit Action Comics. I, this book has just been amazing and, and there's really nothing else to say. Um, favorite moment has to go to just a quick line that midnighter says when he's freeing some of the slaves um, from Warworld. And they're kind of giving him shit about, you know, how dare you try and take my chains away from me. And he says, yeah, boy, that chain sure is impressive. I didn't realize it was such an awesome accomplishment. I thought it was just a tool your evil god king uses to keep your back tired and your hands slow in case you ever figure out he's been filling your head with lies this whole time.
0: Um, Boom. Mic drop. Just a
2: very, just a very, yeah. Just just a very, very funny line. Like, that, that whole interaction was just very funny. Um, and classic sassy Midnighter like yeah you're so impressive but if you want to actually be something follow me and I was like yeah good for you Midnighter actually stepping up so um,
1: yeah, yeah. Right I if, if I could give an honorable mention moment uh, you guys mentioned it earlier it was Midnighter coming out of the portal the guy's going are you Superman Jesus he just Christ. vomits and, collapses oh, and collapses
0: oh, <laughs> yeah. Superman the, that's, that's nice. like made killing people
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: What goes through your yeah, mind? You're like are you Superman he just freaking drunk vomits everywhere?
2: Just...
1: Yeah. maybe not. Is that super puke? I'm no Superman. I'm super drunk. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> he's,
2: he's he's been he's been through a lot of shit, so you know, he, he gets a puke pass. Yeah. Speaking of puke, oh,
0: speaking boy. of puke yeah.
2: me puke. Yeah, exactly.
0: things that are maybe maybe Spank. on the other end of puking, so to speak. It is time for the biggest, biggest. Oh, that's nasty. And I don't know about you guys, but i have I have a feeling. Yeah, Rob, I have a feeling that we're pretty unanimous in this one. Teen Titans very Academy, age, <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, Teen yeah. Titans Academy, man. Ugh. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's mine. It's bad. Just yeah, bad. You yeah. you you went from you went from good to okay to really to what the fuck, and yeah. it it oh, well obviously there's a reason why this is ending.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: It just goes to show it, it this book's personifies the feeling every kid has for school that the best part of school is summer vacation. <laughs> the
2: best part of school is when <laughs> you're not in school.
1: Right?
0: Or Yeah. Yep. I have yeah. to give it to that. And I guess that wraps up the episode, doesn't it, gentlemen? Yeah,
1: that is it. Yeah, that's our show. Uh, So, yeah, there's there's anything else we want to mention or get into before we wrap up?
0: Um, on my end. No. Eh, I was going to slam Justice League again from last week, but we don't have to do that.
2: Oh, Jesus. We're done with that it's mess. In the
0: past. We're
1: done
2: with that mess.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, yep. I mean, t- like that series, we still have justice league partying with legion of superheroes no we that. don't well uh well they're not fighting that's for damn sure.
0: <laughs> yeah when they're we're also not reviewing it anymore so fuck that <laughs> <laughs> it's okay.
1: <trying> <laughs> so yes that is our show Remember, you can help support us by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash NAR podcast for just a dollar a month. Get your name shouted out on a podcast of your choice, access to all of our material and more. And as always, there's only one way we say goodbye around here. Until next time, be good to each
2: other
0: and don't be a robot. I I have nothing but contempt for myself for championing, championing Teen Titans Academy for so fucking long.
1: I think you have nothing but yeah, contempt for yourself I mean, it's, uh... for, for consistently taking every War for Earth 3 part for the past, like, three parts. <laughs> how are you doing this?
0: <laughs> I don't know how that happened. I didn't do it on purpose. I'm just like titles. This, this one, this one, this one. That works. I've been doing TTA.
1: Oh God, damn it!
0: <laughs> it the last two haven't really been for three books, though. They're just tie-ins that are loosely associated. Yeah. With. So I can, I can yeah. handle that. <laughs> I can handle that. But this one, the last one, the last one I read was great. Strangely enough, it even made my top three. This one, yeah. Ugh. Yeah.